Welcome to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. I have a news update for you. I didn't even mention this in our... uh, pre-show chat because I want your authentic reaction. But recall the story of one Josh Kruger in Philadelphia, the uh, journalist who frequently downplayed the uh, significance of the crime in the city. Yes. yes, We mentioned him late in the show on Sunday, much to your anticipation, dare I say even excitement, possibly even uh, morally questionable glee. Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay, so the question was, who killed him and why? And I I thought that some of the signs pointed to personal personal encounter of some kind. Was it his black gay lover? Precisely. Precisely. Really? So, uh, murdered in his home last week. This is breaking news uh, in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm reading this through Greg Price on Twitter within the last couple hours. Uh Killed in his home last week by 19-year-old Robert Davis had been in a sexual relationship with him starting when Davis was 15 and had threatened to post sexually explicit photos of him online per the family. There are also more details coming out. Wait, wait, like, who? The, the guy that shot him was threatening to post the pictures? Or No, the, the, journalist the journalist apparently had recordings of their sexual encounters and had borderline groomed this kid since he was 15. So he fucked around and he found out. He literally fucked around and he found out. It sounds like. And based on some of the details that are coming out again, this is news that is new in the last couple hours. So I may get some details wrong here, but it sounds like there's potentially a drug angle here, too. Apparently, uh, Kruger was some kind of recovered drug addict, something for which he had uh, been given a lot of credit. And the speculation or allegation here is that he had been giving drugs to this young lover of his. And uh, who knows? I mean, I don't. maybe he gave him AIDS, too. I, I don't know. It sounds like he gave him a lot of things. And this uh, 19-year-old with whom he had been intimate since uh, this young man was 15 decided to get his Damn. revenge. Well, so. um, that's great. That's hilarious. Damn, I wish we had that information. Are we going to update on Sunday? Uh, well, I suppose we can talk about it if you'd like. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the story on that. Fuck around and find out. And uh, perhaps there will be more information to come. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of suspected it was someone who knew him based on the fact that there weren't uh, there was no forced entry. And, you know, getting shot seven times is, uh, you know, someone's really pissed off if you get shot yeah. seven times. I did not necessarily expect it being expect it to be quite this uh, degenerate, you might say. But and I guess I don't know. You did because you said something to this effect on I, Sunday. I guess in his defense, when he says, you know, Philadelphia is a safe city, the danger on the streets is uh, significantly um, exaggerated. 
he didn't really die from a random danger on the streets. He died from uh, a danger of his own making over many years. He just had to put that D in his butt, didn't he? Anyway. At age 15. People That's are posting. old enough to know better. Come on. <laughs> people are posting his old tweets. I don't know that anyone has tweets that aged more poorly than Josh Kruger. This one, the centuries old smear that gay men are pedophiles is getting new life thanks to coordination between far right news sites and far right message boards. This egregious defamation is part of a strategy to target LGBTQ people with violence. Now, in fairness, he, he it sounds like he was kind of right on that on the border of one of what one might consider to be pedophilia. Um, oh, but come on. Nothing post-pubescent by definition is pedophilia. We really well, need to get our definitions in order. This is, let me counter with this. Um, this. This is one of his partners who was 15 at the time, and this is the one that we know about. So, oh, it I, wasn't the guy? It wasn't Corbin who was 15? The Kruger? No, Kruger, Kruger was older. Oh, and it was the, his, his, the other lover was 15. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so Kruger has has videos of the sexual encounter of him with the younger guy or him with him with the younger guy at, at an unknown point. At least I haven't seen in the reporting how old the the uh, the younger man was at in the video. How did he acquire those? How did, the videos Ew. or what? Yeah. I assume he just uh, set up cameras in his room when he had the young man over for their, uh, you know, various Netflix and uh I don't know. Netflix and butt sex, I guess. Whatever no, I'm it was. so confused. Kruger was the one with the 15 year olds. Yes. Okay. What did you think? Kruger was 15? No, I thought that the 15 year old lover was the black gay guy's lover and that Kruger was threatening oh. the black gay oh, guy. Oh, no, 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 no. He, it sounds like he was sexually involved with this guy specifically. Damn, that yeah. is so juicy. Uh, Yeah. I hope Dateline makes an episode about this. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it would have. Um, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna go with that one because it's going to have uh, potentially homo critical points, and it's going to have uh, the angle of like uh, violence committed by a black person, which they will not be interested in highlighting. Oh, this is this is good stuff, but. Because I'm fair and balanced, I will apply my not a pedophile label even the even to these degenerate faggots. Wow, how principled of you. Many of those people probably mm-hmm. have AIDS. Too soon. Anyway, uh, that's the story. Uh, that's the update in the Josh Kruger saga. Perhaps more to come. But uh, other than that, it will be a call-in show as usual tonight, guys. Most of you are familiar with how that works. Uh, if you need instructions for how to participate, they are listed in the description on whatever viewing platform you may be viewing at the moment. Uh, if you would like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live. Of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. Take those there. We'll get to those at the end of the stream. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we hop into the callers? Mm, nope. I hope some people want to call in and talk about the Sunday show. I saw all of your comments and I think you're stupid. So. <laughs> okay. Initial D you're up first. If you're ready. Hello, Matt and Blah. Hope y'all are doing all right. Uh, so- big D initial D initial big D. D. Oh, okay. 
But sucks on first because it's a bit of a dumbass question. Um, just sort of an oddity I've been kind of mulling over. So one of y'all's, y'all's thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Let me let me set it up. So I feel like there's been this huge increase in this clamoring for free food programs. I know it's kind of a niche topic, but I just I feel like there has been. So here's my problem with this. So what is the number one job of a parent beyond the you know, raising a good kid and all? But like you know, like the hierarchy of needs. Number one thing you need as a person is food, water, shelter, yada, 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 that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So isn't the job of the parent to provide the food, not the job of the state? Uh, yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, totally. So instead of all these bullshit government programs, which always make things more expensive, they aren't really efficient. Now, I am unbelievably against the state being involved in anything, really, especially the family unit. But if a parent or a family cannot afford to feed their child instead of having a government program to take my money to feed these kids shouldn't the parents just not have the kid like shouldn't the, the state take away the kid now again that sounds kind of horrifying on, on its surface but like, like i'm having a hard time i don't know arguing i guess against it it's like i'm not sure it's just my hatred of people wanting more government yeah that's like blinding me here but like am i wrong in my observation no, I think uh, what you're curious about, uh, what you're trying to separate here is situations of genuine need versus um, milking the system and and actually neglecting your child. And I suppose if I were to, if I were to navigate this, uh, number one, I, I, well, I guess I'd have to evaluate how this works, but I'm skeptical that government benefit programs are more efficient and better than say like your, your voluntary um uh, food bank type stuff. Oh, they're, that if, they're not ever. Yeah. yeah. So I think the, the best way to solve this is through voluntary donations, community food bank, all of that. And it, it would be nice as a, if you're a donor to that, or even a consumer of those things, you're still connected to the community. If you can, if I can see the kids in my community who are suffering and need help, I'm much more likely to chip in 10 bucks, 20 bucks worth of groceries to do that. than I am to like want to have the feds, take more of my taxes to feed some unknown kids somewhere else. So number one, I would prefer that it's, it's voluntary and it's local, but to your question of when, when is it abusive? I suppose maybe you just have to give it some sort of time assignment. That is to say, I don't, I don't doubt that there are parents who fall on hard times and need food support or clothing support or other basic supply support for their kids. Um, you just want to make sure that they're not they're not relying on that. So maybe you, you just treat it with some sort of uh, job application requirement or work requi- requirement or some way to demonstrate that you are not planning on using this in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I, sorry, go on, Blonde. Well, uh, social programs, society used to take care of this, as always. A shame-based society used to take care of this because it was there was so much shame involved in taking handouts that people wanted to remove themselves, extricate themselves from social programs as quickly as, as humanly possible. So, I mean, in a healthy society, people will take what they need when they need it, and they'll give what they can give when they can give it. And then that's just the way it works. We shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to micromanage these, these transactions, right? Um, so it pisses me off that anybody would take advantage of these social programs. However, in this day and age, I understand because when I could, when I like right after college, when I was in between jobs or something, I did take some sort of welfare. For, like, oh, I've had friends who do that where they don't, 
they don't even, uh, you know, air quotes need the benefit, but because they qualify, it's like, well, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I get food stamps? That's the thing. No, it was, I was on unemployment for like three, three months or something like that. And, um, I was like, well, I'm, I've been paying into this program, so I might as well. So when you have a low trust society, people are just going to be like, it's like those, um, those loans for COVID. I took all the fucking loans. Well, that's the thing. And I sort of, for people that don't necessarily need the, the food benefits or any other benefit, even though I hate it, I understand the logic of, well, the government wrecks me for taxes, A, B, and C. I'm just getting my piece back under the rules that they say are okay. And that's sort of the same thinking with, with the PPP loans and all the other free money that was thrown out during Corona. It's like, I, I hate that we're doing this, but you guys also steal a bunch of my money every year. So I'm just taking some of it back. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's even necessarily wrong because it's just saying, well, here's the status quo and I'm operating within it. But we still got to maintain a, a an effort to undo that stuff as as pie in the sky as it may be to get that stuff undone. But yeah, there's no walking it back when we're like jizzing foreign aid all over Israel. And when we have millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants, most of that load is going benefit. to Ukraine now, I'm told. Awesome. That's, <laughs> that's great. I feel way better about that. But all I'm, over you know, Ukraine's I, face. None, none of these none of these people care um, about domestic issues. So I'm like, why should I not take advantage of any any federal this is not what he asked. I'm sorry, dude. We hijacked your phone. Well, we're kind of on the themes, but if we're if we're off the rails of what you were getting at, go ahead and uh, chime in. Initial D. Oh no, I agree with that overall sentiment. I just like I wanted to ask, like very specifically. So, in the event that you literally cannot afford to feed your child, mm-hmm. I don't see how government food program is ever the answer. Not because government bad, even I mean it is, but if we're at that point then, I mean, shouldn't you lose access to the kid? Because we take away kids from families if they, you know, if, if the parent shows they cannot raise the child, right? So if we have decided to have, have agreed to allow that, which we seem to have, if they can't afford the number one most important thing, which is food, why, I mean, I feel like they should you take the kid. Yeah, Again, I, not, see, I see where you're it, coming from. At that point. I see where you're coming from, but we will enter a state within our lifetime where there's such prevalent poverty that creating a standard like this where the government can take your kid it could just be some kind of disaster um i I just want to have the absolute yeah i want to have the absolute highest standard for child removal in the home Uh, uh, yeah but but then again like like, even the highest standard would say that if you are intentionally starving those children they're emaciated inside that there'd be some sort of intervention uh, justified and necessary. And in this case, maybe it's not intentional starvation, but you're so lazy and you refuse to do the work necessary to provide that food. I mean, it's, it's one degree of difference between like intentional starvation and just so lazy that you're neglecting them. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I think the situation that you're describing in a sit, if, if benefits were properly organized such that, that, all of these work requirements and checks on effort were implemented that people who would genuinely refuse to try to work at all when their children's food is on the line. I think that that's a small number of people. If you, if the benefits were made unavailable in such a circumstance, I don't know. Like how many people would willingly starve their children in that way? 
Yeah. Well, I think some few, I'm, like it's not intentional starving. It's just it, if they literally cannot because like I'm there's it's sort of two ends, right? On one hand, they literally cannot afford to feed their child. So in that case, obviously some kind of intervention needs to happen. Ideally, it's at the community level, not the state, but you know, whatever. I mean, I, I'm arguing specifically in the in the context of government food programs since those exist. Yeah. Personally, I'd be okay with them not existing and the state not getting involved at all. That that's fine. But if the state's going to get involved, as we seem to have allowed happen, then, I mean, if you literally cannot afford the number one thing, which is feed, feed your child, to me, it seems stupid to have a, a government food program. I just, I feel like yeah, it's I mean, not I, it, a solution ever. Yeah, if the, if the, if the kids are starving, I, I don't know that I would dispute state involvement there, as, much, as skeptical of state involvement in parenthood as I am, but that is a basic need thing that you're talking about, and I think there's only one circumstance in which you should be allowed to get away with it. And that's if you're a, a lesbian couple who flees justice across state lines many times and then drives your kids off a cliff. I, I could not agree more. That is uh, that's fair game. Anyway, do you have a final thought for us? Initial D. No, I mean, that's all. It's just, yeah, you, I think you guys can see it's, it's sort of two polar ends. Like on one hand, yeah. say getting involved, terrifying. On the other hand, I, yeah, I don't see how we we how we justify these stupid ass food programs at the same time. So, yeah, wasn't there a called, fight in the in the last round of budget stuff? Uh, wasn't there something? It was well, like Republicans yeah, wanted work requirements sort of, for I, another point. Is, yeah, they were trying to sneak in like other stuff too in those yeah. food budgets, and that's me is why I hate it so much. So, I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm getting called a socialist in the chat. So, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, well, all right, uh, fair enough. So, Thanks for the I thoughts. Y'all have a great night. Yeah. Okay, uh, Oak Tree Osheki. Oak Tree, are you there? Oh, yeah, hey. What's on your mind? Um, what's your guys' take on the whole Hamas Fortnite style invading Israel? I haven't you heard about this. you watch the show on Sunday? Come on. On Sunday? Last Sunday? <laughs> yeah, we talked about it at length. What? Um, oh, I just, dang. I don't know. See, I, I paid attention to the last call just so I wouldn't be... You know, beating a dead horse, but I missed the last. I got no. It's okay. I I I, I, lo- I like talking about this. Um, I'm like wildly disappointed in the reaction of some people that didn't fall for the Ukraine thing or COVID on the right that are like, we need to mm. turn the Gaza Strip into glass. I'm like, wow, you went to genocide real fast on this one. I'm like, oh, you sound like a leftist. I'm like, well, you, yeah. you you're all really just running super fast to shill for Israel. So okay fight me yeah it's interesting i hadn't even thought about like comparing the reaction to ukraine to israel because so many people on the right wing have like a different view of israel than they would ukraine yeah ukraine was kind of like a non-actor for the longest time israel's never been a non-actor but yeah. you're right like yeah. um i i was kind of pleased with uh kind of the lack of reaction i saw maybe it's just the circles i've been in but like from a lot of the people I know in my age bracket who aren't necessarily politically activated, who were up in arms about Ukraine, mm-hmm. they don't seem to give a shit about Israel. And I don't want to be showing my hand too much here, but uh, that's interesting. So I people who is a good thing. I haven't seen a lot of people who were way emotionally reactive to Ukraine, but not Israel. Interesting. I mean, I see I Seriously? see a lot of emotional reaction to this, and I'm not even saying that that's automatically unjustified. Obviously what's going on is terrible, but right. right. But the, the, yeah, I mean the, the, the argument that you must agree with a blank check to 
like a literal blank check from your own country, according to many arguments, not all, but according to many that you got to cut a, a blank check to go turn that place into a parking lot. Okay. That's where it does get more nuanced. You know, I, I, I think you can grant that the scenes coming out of Israel in terms of it's again, it's like what's real, what's fake, but I'm going to grant right. that, that the brutality that we're seeing is authentic and real. You can look at that and say that is inhuman, immoral, terrible stuff. You right. also have the right to say, not my war to fight. And I get yeah. frustrated with people that that somehow claim that it is a moral failure to hesitate, to 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 hesitate to make this US business right now that we're gonna go police that tomorrow, or we're gonna be deeply involved in fighting a war that fundamentally is not ours. It's not just that. Like, first of all, I don't care what's going on over there. I don't care. This is I, I in in a perfect world where our country is domestically stable. Like, I do not give a fuck about any foreign situation that is happening. But um, we're invested in this. We're like so deeply invested in this. So everybody has to have an opinion. And the the news that people are getting is is so disproportionate. I got a comment on the show last week. What was this week? About um, about having a measured response about uh, Israel or Palestine having a measured response. And this, this bitch literally says, like, if they were going to have a measured response, they should just bulldoze some buildings. Like, is that what you think the IDF is doing? Because they are, there are IDF snipers that are like blowing the heads off of Palestinian toddlers that are playing in their yard and stuff. Like, I don't think people I don't think Americans have a fucking. Have you clue. seen that personally that you've seen? I have seen I've seen videos. Uh, I saw a few days ago a video of this. IDF soldier laughing while he shoots like what is clearly a child in a playground. And then he's like talking about how it's such a great video and like, Oh, did you see his head like fly right off and stuff? <laughs> okay. Like, these videos exist. I mean, all right. Yeah. I, well, so I this thing like of acting like Israel is, has never committed any war crimes is, is just asinine. It's just, just incorrect. Incorrect. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, well, I think there, there are some people who probably would say that the, the problem is they, then the, mentioning Israel doing anything bad or the IDF doing anything bad is treated as quote unquote moral relativism. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I get frustrated by like this kind of tally marking too. Like they did this, but we did that or they did, you know, they did this, they did that. Here's the, but it's here's the, the nature point of count. their conflict. They are uh, conflict. It, yeah, exactly. It goes back and forth forever. And uh, well, I'm just interested that like none of like, you know, when this conflict erupts in Israel, the entire political class completely gets up in arms. So when a conflict erupts in Ukraine and Russia, I see a lot more of the grassroots getting upset. Hmm. And I think there's been like a lot of Hollywood representation of Russia being the bad guys. You know, we had the Cold War for a good 50 years. There's plenty of people from Gen Z all the way to the silent generation. They have just kind of this media hardwire hatred towards Russia. The same cannot be said for Israel. Hmm. Um as someone, I'm an elder Zoomer. I'm on the tail end of Gen Z. Um, Wait, how old are you? Israel, 26. Okay. So, like, it's the oldest you can be and still be considered a Zoomer. But uh, Israel, like, at least to me and everybody I talk to in my age bracket, is kind of just seen as a meddler, but not really like a world player unless you kind of delve down the rabbit hole pertaining to it. Whereas when Russia invaded Ukraine, it like ignited this long-standing, you know, there's kind of a trigger in place for a lot of uh, venom against Russia. But when Palestine, I don't know if we want to say invaded, but once he's kicked off with Israel, 
the political class jumped up. I didn't see the grassroots have the same reaction, which is interesting to me. Hmm. All right. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on it? What are you guys doing for Halloween? Oh, thank you for asking. Because we just started <laughs> setting up our Halloween decorations like today. For the show or like with our family? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we should clarify. Oh, I mean, which are you comfortable answer? Like Either. Okay, yeah, for the family side. That's more interesting to me. Um, um, yeah, we were we were yeah. setting up the the Halloween decorations today, and my What's wife Calvin is, going as. Oh, th- she already has the costume. I and I opted out because I'm a I'm a no fun, boring dad. But they got matching cow costumes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just dress but, as a farmer. It's easy. People. Yeah, I'll just put on a plaid and borrow someone's pitchfork. You know. Yeah. Um, but you don't yeah, have your own pitchfork. Uh, no, no, I am not. Uh, I'm not uh, harvesting any crops or maintaining any land in that way. But uh, but, yeah, we were setting up the the decorations earlier today. We're really excited because I think we had a pretty good trick or treating neighborhood before. I think this neighborhood good. is going to be really, really good because like king size Snickers. Good. No, I, I mean, what I mean is like just a lot of trick or treaters. We had a fair amount nice. before, but I think there are more families, more kids in this neighborhood than our old one. And so I think uh, trick or treating is going to be pretty awesome this year. And we took pride in our old neighborhood of having one of the fancier decoration setups. And uh, there's already competition in our neighborhood just down the street. They got like the whole inflated, scary looking tree in their yard, you know? So Good. yeah. So anyway, that's a long story of how excited we are for Halloween. Um, Emmeline is yeah. going as Ursula. So oh, are you doing the family one. costume thing or just her? Uh, I have a jellyfish hat that lights up yeah. and I wear it every year and I'm going to continue wearing it. All right. So long as she keeps Tradition. choosing octopus themed costumes. And then my oh, husband. Oh, that's right. I forgot gonna... she loves the, oh, it's an octopus thing. Yeah. 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 Also, she loves Disney villains. Um, And then my husband's going as a crab again. <laughs> Uh, do you have any Halloween plans, Oak Tree, before we let you go? Um, Halloween plans? Um, or just Halloween my lady, Yeah, whatever. We, we plan on dressing up as like greasy Italians and going out to eat with my actually <laughs> Italian friends. And oh, seeing nice. If we get the rise out of them. But, um, <laughs> oh, okay. So we, you're, you're mocking the Italians is what you're saying. We're mocking them okay. in front of them with yeah. Halloween costumes. I gotcha. But, uh, right. <laughs> we've known them for a while, so we're assuming they'll take it well. <laughs> but we live out in the woods. Like We live in, like right in the center New York. It's like one of the least populous areas in the entire state. So hmm. we've kind of been decorating for nobody. My <laughs> lady loves to decorate for the holidays and for the seasons, but uh, nobody is going to be coming out here to trick or treating unless they are deeply lost. So we have the house all done up. We have jack o' lanterns carved and everything, but I don't expect the, to see. If you carve them, it's really they're hard to preserve though. That's yeah, I've already run into that because yeah. I got like this lopsided pumpkin because I wanted to carve like a Down syndrome face in it. <laughs> and then I decided that was tasteless. So I carved a lighthouse in it. But now my lighthouse has collapsed in on itself within the first week. You can get by. <laughs> I've found I've had good luck with you put a, like a little bit of bleach water. You spray it on there and that'll take that'll cut down on the bacteria. That, like and, stiffen it up a little. Well, it, it, it fights the bacteria that causes the pumpkin oh. to kind of. Oh, OK. That makes sense. So that, that'll buy you a few extra days. But man, if you're carving this early, like you're really pushing the, the limit of how long the carving will last. Yeah, I was jealous of my girlfriend's pumpkin because uh, she cut holes in it and she'd use twigs to make it look like it had like uh, like teeth. It's a good incorporation of the environment around us. Hmm. 
Well, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. And uh, have a great Halloween. I hope your friends take your joke well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Happy Halloween, Matt. See you later. See you. Uh, which reminds me, uh, one thing that is uh, not taken care of in my Halloween plans, every year for the last three, four years, I have made a message pumpkin of some kind. Like during Corona, I made an It's a Hoax pumpkin. Oh, and I had that right, out. Yeah. And then I had a Pure Blood pumpkin. And then I had a Let's Go Brandon pumpkin right after Let's Go Brandon happened. Yeah. And so every year I have a pumpkin with a message. I don't know what the message is this year. Last year I had pure blood. What am I going to do this year? What what text message should I use? I don't know. If people have thoughts, go ahead and send them my way. I'll be thinking about that. But we are just before the bottom of the hour. Maybe we'll just catch up on a couple of chats here before we get into our we get back into our callers so we're not too far behind. Over on... Um, on rumble g-i-a-r token s word hey majagas were you able to check out the chip roy video there is no such modern place called palestine um i have not I, i'm not able to check out the chip roy video because anything that comes out when a, a url comes through a chat i'm not able to check that real time uh as far as the history of the area that is now israel that's uh i i don't know I know people, I I hear people tell me, no, that's Palestinian land. They've had it forever. And then I hear people tell me, no, that's uh, Israeli land and they've had it forever. No, I know the the modern version of Israel is a post-World War II thing. But as far as like who has the historical right to the land, I'm the wrong guy to answer that question for you. So uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Does it even matter? Uh, It's not American land. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's specifically not Montana land, so I'm not very concerned about it. Now, I under I shouldn't be so dismissive. I do understand that that it is uh, a place of religious significance for a lot of people, of course. So I'm not I'm not dismissing that. But as far as uh, a political matter, it's not you know it's not United States jurisdiction, or at least it shouldn't be. Shadowband says Hamas sounds like something you'd, you'd order at an Indian restaurant with a side of is it I don't even know how to say the bread non bread nan bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also with uh, Israel's intelligence gathering resources, I think they let the whole situation happen. Well, it is, that is the oddest part of all of it that uh, that just it was all just a big surprise. But anyway, Mister Token S word says I would I would care about these anti-Israel takes if they weren't coming. From blonde, please remember to stay in turn and make my oh, stay in turn and make my steak. You have no opinions on anything but my decorations. Ah, thank you, Mister Token S word. Appreciate it. Uh, we're good on Odyssey. We're good on D Live. You want to grab a few off YouTube and Tippy here? Sure. Holy moly! Hi, Shoesickers and product development. We do EDVT, MDVT, electrical and mechanical design verification tests. There's another DVT, though, and I want to warn you about it. It's called Deep Vein Something. I'm aware. He, I've experienced it. He just Deep wants Vein Thrombosis DVT. I have no new DVT news. I'm still waiting until November to get that blood test. Uh, uh, I've not heard of EDVT or MDVT, though, but I don't do product development. Long down, Thank John. you, Holden. I don't get this. What the f- Wait, what? Do you get it? I think he's somehow this is okay. So Hamas, Hamas. Maybe it's that. This is a joke about what 
uh, this is a poor taste too soon joke about what happened. Okay, I can read this because he's talking about hummus. That's fine. Is that what that is? Yeah. What do you get when you mix up garbanzo beans, tahini, and lemon juice? About a thousand dead Israelis. Is it too soon? Oh my God, bro. He's saying those are the ingredients to hummus and uh, hummus is what did the damage. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Sorry to dissect the joke. Together, we were able to figure out a Um, joke. Um, I disavow. For the record. Mojack420. Never forget Israel was born from terrorism. Remember the bombing of the King David Hotel. I don't know. uh, I'll have to look that up. Let me give it a quick Google. The uh, King David Hotel was a five-star hotel in Jerusalem and a member of the leading hotels of the world. It opened in 31. It is also famous. Famously bombed. Yeah, 1946. So there was a Zionist Mm. underground group that targeted the British Mandate's administrative headquarters in its southern wing. Why would they be... This is an aspect of the history that I understand. Why would they be targeting the British? Because I thought the British were part of the establishment of the state of Israel were the British not doing what they wanted at the time or something. I got to deep internet really fast. What am I looking at? Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. So why would a, a a Zionist underground group target the British in 46? They, I assume they had their reasons if they did, but press tv.ir. I'm unfamiliar with this. Hmm. Uh, Thank you, Mojack. Hope you're doing well, by the way. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's get back into some callers. Uh, Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. What's Hi. on your mind, sir? Uh, what was on my mind? Uh, oh, no. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, what do you think of the uh, uh, the pandering that uh, Biden's doing with the, oh, we're going to we're going to build the walls now. Now we we're going to do something about uh, illegal. Uh, well, no, a migrant problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he can, he can look good to the people who say that they, he ought to do something his democratic side, and he can and he doesn't really actually have to ever get anything done. Yeah, I can't figure out the angle that he's taking because he's still going with the walls don't work. I have to do this because the law says I do. So if he was going to try to pander to more moderate Democrats who actually care about some degree of border security, you'd think he'd make the case like, well, walls are bad generally, but in this one spot, they're not so bad because reasons I don't like if he was trying to pander to them, why wouldn't he lean into that effort a little bit instead of denying it or denying its utility entirely? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I just don't know what he's trying to do, what his angle is. Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel like they're they're just doing what they want and just blatantly in front of us and and like almost daring us to to get pissed about it. It's just seemed like the provoke pro, provocation after provocation. Hmm. I suppose they're trying to make make us go off so that they can clamp down on us. Uh yeah, maybe. <laughs> I I don't uh, they they have a fixation with trying to establish and scapegoat right wing extremists. So whatever you can do to try to manufacture right right wing extremism, I think is politically beneficial to them. I don't doubt that there's some degree of intent behind that. Um, but with this move, like, are you saying that you think this move specifically is provocation, or it's 
that that's just no 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 not this move but it seems like uh, uh i don't know it just seems like he's selling out he, they're, they're selling out left to right hmm. yeah i don't know the move i i find i just find it hard to explain or hard to understand because clearly he's not a guy who gives a shit about what the law says he has to do repeatedly he never cares right yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah we're, we're forced to build the wall the law says we have to do it yeah right if you didn't want to do it you'd find a way yeah and then but then he's not using it to his advantage in talking about how it's actually a beneficial move. So what is the point behind it? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's as simple as his advisors say, I mean, maybe it is the sort of thing where there was maybe a a legal challenge on the use of those resources and his advisors are like, well, you're going to lose this in court and it doesn't really matter. So just wave the flag on this fight and we'll move on. Maybe it's something, maybe it's not as uh, a little bit of, yeah sinister it's just it's just an evaluation of it's a it's a losing legal fight so just who cares maybe it's as simple okay. as that i don't know be that but anyway did you have All any right. uh closing thoughts on it before we let you go yeah I'm, I'm i'm taking this uh great courses course on the great ideas of philosophy hmm. and uh the last few lectures have been really stimulating and i'm gonna have to go through the whole thing again but after I get more edumacated in, in philosophy, I, I want to have some some in-depth discussion with you about objective reality. Oh, yes. All right. Not just objective morality, but reality itself. Like, is there a such thing as a as a, an objectively real world outside of us? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of, that sounds like fun. Okay, yeah. Uh, when you are... I, I don't know that I am... Uh, well, I... I I do know. I am not an expert on that field of philosophy, but uh, the ideas sound fascinating to me. So, and I, I would say that I am a believer in an objective reality that there is something true, something consistent outside of all of us that we all share, and is not the product of just the perception of each of us. You know, it's like uh, there are truths, both physical and kind of abstract, about the world that are independent of the way that we see things or feel about things, I suppose would be my stance. But as far as the philosophers of all of that, not an area of my expertise, but certainly a theme I uh, would like to hear about. Yeah. It seems like uh, the, it, it starts getting good for me about the, the lock. We get the lock at David Hume yeah. and John Stuart Mill and Kant. Th- those seem to be the ones that I, I need to really go back and listen to. And is Tom even there, or is it just perception? I don't know. I need uh, that list after, of philosophers. After Kant came, came somebody else that I didn't really like. Hegel. Hegel came afterwards, and I didn't really like. Who was what he? I heard he was referenced him. to us just the other week. Was it on mm, the Colin yeah. show? Someone was talking. Yes, about it him? was. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, okay. I look forward to that. Well, thanks for calling in, and uh, all the best with your reading. Well, yeah, and 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 all the best with your um, family growing. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guess who's next? It's Phil. Phil, what's on your mind, man? Hi, Phil. Hey, you guys uh, signing up to go die in the desert yet or no? <laughs> uh well i am i've already signed a contract for the gay war not the middle east war i'm i'm uh, okay. uh i'm yeah i'm I'm going to chicago to fight Lori lightfoot you have a prior engagement yeah i see so yeah. uh my second question is how long you think before the uh 
the pile of glow sticks get put gets put next to the uh, pile of shoes. You know, in its own display case. <laughs> you th- did we hire? Did we give them their weird, uh, their weird uh, motorized paraglider or things? Whatever. It, 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 was Hamas a Fed op? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know. I mean, riding in like that's got to be pretty, feel pretty cool. Like you're riding in with your boys to do some damage. Uh, the uh, the video that has come out and all the GoPro footage and stuff too. Jesus Christ! I mean. Ugh, it, it, uh, yeah, the damage was done. That's for sure. If you, if you look at some of the videos, my God, that's probably all fake. Like, you know, like faked us out in COVID with like the body bags and stuff. I'm sure the yeah. body bags this time are fake too. They might be the same. Body Has bag. occurred to me. Would yeah, really. They just recycled them. No, I don't. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't get too tinfoily on that. That is to say, like, can I, can I believe that there are plenty of Hamas jihadis who are itching to do terrible things right across that border? Yeah, I mean, I, I could buy that at face value for sure. Um, and they wouldn't need an additional incentive to do it. I think the tinfoiliest that I get on this is just how is it that an operation of this level of sophistication, which apparently was like a thousand Hamas militants now, they're saying. I was under the mm-hmm. impression on Sunday the early reports were like a few dozen. It was like a thousand of these guys and they got all these sophisticated methods of breaching this wall, which has all kinds of sensors and cameras and all sorts of crazy things. They have, they got all these sophisticated bombs to blow it up and they're breaking through it with bulldozers and they're doing all these, all these things that you would have had to plan for months and you'd have to get all these resources to do. And there's all this training that goes into it. I'm not saying it's like inconceivable that you could devise methods to get around the intelligence collection, I suppose. But then again, it's like you look at the average IQ in in uh, in Gaza, and I'm not sure that level of sophistication is actually present. You like know, it's like, much more likely. It's like it's much more likely that Mossad let them go do it. I, I so that they could uh, have an excuse to get rid of the Palestinians and dump them in Twin Falls or Lewiston, Maine. I hate to be that cynical because the idea that you would intentionally let something of that degree of terrible happen is a sick concept but we've seen i'm not even accusing the israeli government individually here we've seen governments of all kinds do horrible things all the time so is it like inconceivable to me that something could could uh that there could be some truth to that no of course it's absolutely an op i mean i think it's the uh I think you get your right-wing Jews, like quote-unquote right-wing Jews, like uh, Ben Shapiro flipping out, and then his left-wing NGO cousins bring those, bring the uh, Palestinians that are left after they blow the half of them up and they dump them here in America and Europe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny how all these classical liberals and all this shit, and, and Ben Shapiro and the rest of them, like they want to talk about individual rights and they want to talk about. Um, Hey, you know, classical liberal shit. Leave hey, us alone. Hang, hang, hang on there. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you want to talk about class, you know, human rights and everything. But the second like their little thing gets touched, it's it's glass the uh, Middle East. It's glass these people and uh, they're hardcore ethno nationalists. Well, it's like, well, I'd like to be ethno nationalist about my own people. Yeah, this this the thing is hamstrung by people like Ben Shapiro and Juden Peterstein. <laughs> wow. Did you did no. you see he he flipped out on Twitter on somebody that called him that? How dare you? I did not see that, but I did see a lot of tweeting going on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, am I, I understand why people would get emotionally charged over this because it's like, well, if you, if you're not emotionally charged over some of the things that have happened there, what would you get emotionally charged about? 
that that doesn't necessarily bother me. I think I think it's just the frustration of wouldn't it be nice if we had the same level of care for our own country? You know, yeah, if, totally. if, if, if we looked well, at the danger that exists at our border and we're equally passionate, uh, wouldn't that be great? Ben Shapiro is Jewish and and uh, so he doesn't give a shit about America except for how much money he can make here and how many American soldiers he can get killed in the Middle East. For his <laughs> That's what he cares about. Jeez. And Ju- and Juden Peterstein cares about being communist. You're an and getting his, you know, he has to know history. He has to know that large numbers of military aged men moving Up from yours. one territory to another causes causes war has always caused always war. caused and war. Yeah. Telling telling young white men to be radical individualists while our homelands are being invaded is like telling us to slit our own throats. Ah oh, you're Up so yours. based base thing I've ever heard in my life. I wish I wish I was more based, but I don't I don't think you can. I no, mean you, you listen to Devin Stack of course. Somewhat, yeah. Okay. He had a good tweet earlier today, too. He's still on Twitter? Jeez. Jeez. I kind of can't believe this. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I... How has he not been banned? Does he keep it together over there? That seems seems generally. I mean, I haven't haven't followed everything he said, but one of the things he said today was, uh, if you're going to... If you're going to be... hardcore racist whatever like be racist for your own people he's he was talking about seeing all these white conservatives that uh, are falling all over themselves to wave the israeli flag when like yeah. our own people are in trouble and they nothing's being done about us i mean where was the outrage when molly tibbetts was stabbed to death or um that kate steinley girl or that woman from uh in Minnesota, they got shot by that diversity hire cop like where oh, was yeah. the outrage then but because yeah, yeah. we have but a, good a, tacos a couple, a couple of shaky videos show up from across the world and all of a sudden I'm supposed to feel enraged enough to send my myself yep. or my brothers or my cousins over there to die. He's like, no, these people made their own bed. They can sort it out themselves. Yeah, but that's an outrageous perspective to have. That's that's really what pisses me off. It's like you can't even say that. Yeah, well, I, I it's guess it's notable that it's notable that like human rights uh, are only ever brought up when it's a. Uh, cudgel being used to disempower uh, Europeans and Americans and dis- and uh, take away our homelands. Like our human rights don't matter, but these other people's human rights do. Mm-hmm. All right, Phil, anything else before we let you go? Nope. I think I've done enough damage. <laughs> no, you, you're, you always, uh, you know, you, you tow that Raja Mohan line very well and I appreciate it. I, I try. Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, have a good night. Yep, have a good one. All right, Meadily is up next. Meadily, are you there? Hello. What's Hi. on your mind, sir? I can't do it anymore, Matt. Can't do what? I just I can't I can't listen to any more Israel bullshit. I just <laughs> I can't do oh, it. No. Uh, it's just it's 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 too much, man. It's it's everywhere. It's yeah. I have so I have all these podcasts that I that I used to listen to or that I would listen to every single day, even like Tim cast. Yeah. And, and I used to be able to like stomach them and stuff. And even, even believe it or not, Ben Shapiro, when he would talk about other stuff, I could stomach it, but now it's just, it's so insufferable, man. It just, it, this happens all the fucking time. Him. This is the worst. This is like the worst rerun that you can't skip and you, you can't change the channel. It's like, like if you if you were ever like watching satellite and you're watching something cool, 
and then this commercial for incontinence or like mutual insurance comes on and it's boring so you're like okay well i'll you know i have 500 channels to choose from i'll just change yeah. it and then you change the channel and it's the same fucking commercial <laughs> and you change it again yeah. and it's the same fucking commercial it's the same, oh, yeah. it's the same fucking thing. commercial on every single god damn piece of information and that then- you can that's I, I I I understand that struggle a lot, and it's something. I quite frankly, I feel the same way. I think the the conflict for me is I'm looking at what's going on, I'm seeing the videos, mm-hmm. and they're horrible atrocities. Obviously, they're sick mm-hmm. videos, they're sick actions. I also recognize that I am receiving the same sort of bombardment that you are. That is a mirror of COVID of Ukraine, of all of the current yeah. things yeah. of the last few years that it's like, this is, the, you must think this about this. And if you don't, you're bad. You're, you're, you know, you're a grandma mm-hmm. killer or you're a Putin apologist. Or in this case, you are uh you're an immoral Hamas terrorist or something. Exactly. It, it fits right yep. in that sequence. And I, I, I'm trying not to, lose touch with the the moral concepts here and the moral reality of what I'm seeing, which is terrible. And I am not excusing, justifying, or explaining away in any way. I'm just recognizing the sequence and seeing the propaganda patterns. And there's there will it's just in my brain now from the last few years. Whatever these powers tell me I'm supposed to believe, the truth don't. is probably some is, is closer to the opposite. Yeah. And don't misinterpret me. That's not to say Oh, a big thumbs up for Hamas. They're really cool. No, it's just that if if I, if I'm blasted in the way that you're talking about, you will believe this or be a bad guy. It's like, well, shit. I mean, yep. You said that about a lot of other stuff. Exactly. See, and the thing is, is that even like a lot of anti-war, like conservatives or whatever, they they jump right on to like we need to stand with Israel. We need to send them weapons. You know, we need to give them a BJ. <laughs> You know, and it's it's just like it's like like Tulsi Gabbard is saying, oh, you know, we stand with Israel. And it's like, I thought you were anti-war. That surprises me. I have not heard anything. So she's even kind of on the hawkish train here. That's surprising because that's her whole stance. hmm. I know. See, and and uh, and, you know, it's kind of funny, like. And people like like Tim Pool are usually really anti-war, but now he's like he won't outright say, you know, we shouldn't get involved because. He wants to stay in good graces with Ben Shapiro. And right now, Ben Shapiro, he's he's trying to like he's trying to like put put a gun in the back of anyone who's not as outraged about it as he is. Why should we be? It's not you our know, nation of aspect. origin. I know. It's like it's 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 really annoying because yeah, a, a lot of people are just are kind of afraid to just say, I don't give a shit about either of them. Let them, you know, let them bl- both blow each other off the face of the earth so we don't have to deal with it anymore. You know, because yeah, it happens every several years and it's just, we all throw up our arms and go, oh my God, can you believe what just happened? You I know, don't look know. At the, look, look at the footage. And it's just, it happens so often that I'm, I'm sick of, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm sick of having to listen to it and then feign, feign emotions about it. Well, I think you know, the, I think that the time is nigh. Like, I don't think that they're going to be able to continue this for much longer. How long is the sentiment of guilt and sorrow for the Holocaust going to last in the general public? Like, how much longer are they going to be able to ride this wave? Because I'll tell you who doesn't care about this. The Chinese. 
and they are rapidly growing on the world stage. So like, I don't think that they're going to be able to cash in on this sentiment for much longer. And at which point, what do they do? Yeah, I know. Um, we'll see. That's, that's like the, the big, the Nazis um, were basically the only real evil people for leftists. That's why they call everybody who disagrees with them a Nazi because that they're literally worse than Satan to them. And so I don't know. They 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 have to ride it all the way to the all the way to the grave because that's all they have. So I don't know. It's it's frustrating, and I'm just yeah. Uh, it's 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 hard to find something to listen to now because it's just it's all about it, and I just want to blow my brains out every single time well, I that, hear them talk about it. That's the thing. Like I'm frustrated by its domination of the news cycle in general. And again, I, I get it. It's a lot of terrible violence. It's awful. Um, but there's a lot of very important, urgent things happening in our country. Our country is decaying in many significant ways. And as long as our eye is focused over there, there's a lot of stuff here that we're not paying attention to. The thing that drives me crazy is like every, every vulnerability that you see in what happened there, like, Oh, you're worried about border security. Oh, you're worried about intelligence failures. Oh, you're worried about what happens when people are unarmed. All of those things yep. exist here. As long as we take our eye off of our country, focus it over there. We're at some level, we're ignoring the vulnerabilities uh, uh, to our own country. And, and if you're a, if if you have motivated jihadis in the same way, you know, they, they yep. decide that they're bored, they're done with Gaza and they want to come over here and wreak some havoc. Do what the Haitians do. Get on a boat, get into Mexico and <laughs> walk right through. I, it, I, I hope that that does not happen. I, um, if it, but if it, if we avoid that's a similar kind of attack, it's, it's just because we're on the other side of the world. It's not because we have some security apparatus that's going to stop it. Like if they can do that on a tiny Gaza border, just think what they can do. in, in our, in our massive Southern border. But we're going to yep. we're going to focus on, on that particular area of the world while making ourselves perpetually vulnerable to the same thing. It's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. exactly. I just, yeah, I it's not even a particular opinion about it that drives me crazy. Like you will you know, support Israel for this reason. You will support Palestine for that reason. It's the fact that all of those things come at the expense of attention on our own country. Yep. Yeah. Like like Joe Biden corruption and shit and. And this um, Donald Trump, like all these indictments they keep throwing at him. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are things that we should be focusing on, you know, to, to expose these pieces of shit for who they are. But instead, you know, we have this brand new shiny thing that we're distracted by. And it, it, so. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like the latest shiny thing in the sequence like you're talking about. And that's why I just. I just, I can't, anybody who's shaking the shiny thing, I, I can't trust them anymore. Even if, yeah. that's like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not just a reactionary to the shiny thing and I maintain an honest evaluation of the facts as they're presented. But man, how many shiny thing shakings do you have to see before you just start rejecting it by default on principle? I don't think we're too far away. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. And the, the, and the sad thing is, is that I think that like this, all this, you know, saber rattling or pearl clutching on, on the behalf of, you know, the Jews here in the U.S., I think, I think it's actually making people more anti-Semitic. So it's, yeah, 
it's it's kind of sad, but it's, I think it's true. Well, uh, thank you for the thoughts, man. I hope that you are able to uh, maintain sanity. <laughs> I guess yeah. f- find another form of entertainment for the next uh, next week or two. Like maybe <laughs> maybe there will be a new current thing by then. I hope so. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Bye. So we can get one more before the top of the hour here, I think. Uh, dangerous name, but it is Nick Ors. Nick oh, hey, Ors. What's on your mind? What up? What's good? He you said two? the N word. Well, uh, you know, what, what's your uh, what's your Israel Hamas take? Well, uh, Matt, you had talked a fair bit about not knowing the backstory. And did you actually know- want to talk about it? I didn't mean I to know lead you there. a fair bit about the backstory. Yeah, sure. Um, if you, you go for so, it. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm going to keep it to like 1915 to uh, okay. like 1948. But everybody knows the Jews were in <laughs> Israel and then they got expelled by Hadrian and they weren't allowed back. And then the Ottomans wait, wait, took hold on, hold on. for Who, like a thousand years. You gotta, I, I, I have seriously like a, a kindergarten understanding of, of the well, history that far back. So who's Hadrian? Is that what you said? He was he was a Roman emperor. What I'm okay. trying to do is just like let's just throw all that out. All the backstory of everything before like 1900. Yes, we know the Jews were in Israel at one point. Oh, so this and is they got okay. expelled before so I'm, I'm before what you're to, saying yeah. is yeah okay modern times. The point yeah where where things get really important is in 1915, um, the Palestinians were ruled over by the Ottomans. And Britain went to war with the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. And they made a deal with the Palestinians, something called the McMahon Husseini correspondence. It was like 10 letters back and forth that laid out if you guys come and fight with us, if you do an Arab revolt against the Ottomans, we will give you self determination over your land. And so the, the Palestinians agreed to do that. They went to war and they fought with the Ottomans. And then in 1917, Britain uh, put out another notice called the Balfour Declaration. And the Balfour Declaration completely reneged that deal and um, gave it to the Jews. Basically said, yeah. Yeah, they they came out with a different declaration. He said the N-word. This guy named Arthur Balfour, who was in the British government, wrote a letter to the uh, Lord Rothschild, nudge, nudge, and said, we're going to give the Jewish people a homeland in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, after World War One, and a lot of people think kind of like Rothschild was able to help get the United States involved in the war as part of this agreement. That was right that after he struck. sunk the Titanic. That's some yeah, basically. Bitch. So, so um, they renege uh, their deal with the Palestinians after the Palestinians have gone and fought against the Ottomans. And so they're obviously uh, pretty pissed off about what just happened. And then in 1920 and onwards, a massive amount of Jews start pouring into their country, both legally and illegally. Um, and then the final point that I'll try to make on this uh, But it was under when when that immigration in was happening, it was under British control. It it was under British control from 1920 until 1948 under what was called mandatory Palestine, Uh where Britain ruled over it. 
And you're going to, you asked, like, why would they bomb the British? Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you. So they, uh, Brit- Britain ruled over it, and they were trying to, to play, like, administrator between these two cultures who were wildly opposed to one another. And the first person that they appointed as the chief administrator of Palestine was a Jewish guy. So that didn't go over well. Things just went downhill for the Palestinians after that. And um, the Israelis started, or the, the Jews started increasing uh, terrorism. And they, they, they had this faction that was their paramilitary called the Haganah, which was like the more polite version. But out of the Haganah split this group called the Irgun, I-R-G-U-N. And I, yeah, that I was strongly, that's what was in the Wikipedia article here that I was yeah, reading about. I strongly right. recommend you guys Google ear gun attacks. Um, you, you will find hundreds of incidences of them bombing shit all over Israel, uh, bombing marketplaces, bombing the King David Hotel. Uh, they bombed some other. Uh, I mean, they they killed hundreds of people at a time in some instances, and. The reason that they were doing that is because by 1940, this ear gun faction had grown so extreme that they viewed Britain as an invader um, on their homeland, even though Britain was still in control of it. So they were trying to get rid of Britain. And the more they could be a headache to Britain, the faster they could get Britain out of out out of their way. Yeah, because that's why I was confused is I thought that, that the establishment of the state of Israel as it currently exists as a homeland for the Jewish people was conducted and facilitated through the British. So it seems like they would be pro that. But you're saying that they just didn't do it fast enough and get the hell out fast enough. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, basically. Okay. I, I mean, basically, they had promised the same spot of land to two different people simultaneously and then they ended up showing favor repeatedly to the jews and against the arabs um and then after after world war ii there was a pretty massive pogrom that happened in poland and that caused a whole bunch of jews to come into israel at that point in time and um irgun continued bombing the British. And the reason was British was having trouble handling it. And the United States was giving a whole bunch of loans to the British uh, for the purpose of rebuilding after the war. And the United States said, you know, if you guys keep handling this poorly, we're going to take away our loans from you. And so the British just said, all right, screw it. You know what? We're out of here. We're going to bail on this whole project. You guys figure it out for yourselves. There was a civil war between the two factions. Um, the, the, the Jews were very much so more well-funded and they had gotten infrastructure benefits of the last 25 years of being the favorite child of the British and they, they won the war basically. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a helpful explanation. And I, that explains why there was the bombing too, because that was totally confusing to me. Right. Uh, okay. Um, if you're ever really interested in it, there's this guy named Martyr Maid who goes by Daryl Cooper who has a an 18-hour series on the topic, and it's phenomenal. But again, it's 18 hours. 18 so. hours? Depends, this is like that one documentary. On What's the one that we were supposed to, that I started watching for like an hour, but it was 12 hours um, long? The yeah. last stand of Europe, the, the battle, yeah, of, the last yeah, battle yeah. of Europe. There it is. This one, this one is. Um, 
I, I, I have no opposition to that one, but this one is definitely more entertaining, and this one is also way more factually correct. What is it called? It's called uh, Martyr Maid made like a six-part series called Fear and Loathing in the New Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, God. Hmm. But, um, 18 hours. Okay. Well, it's it just start with the first episode, but it, it kind of woke me up on uh, certain questions. If you catch my drift. Um, oh, we don't. You're so, speak, you're speaking in code. I okay. What I'm wondering right now is why the demographic of the Colin show is like seven thousand times more base than the Sunday show, or if YouTube was actively censoring um, anti-Israel was- comments. I was fighting with people in your comment section after that too, and I was like, "Who the hell are these people? They might just be paid shills." Hey, there they, was somebody whose might... name was like yeah. Rupert Finkelstein, who was super <laughs> active in there, and like I thought he was a troll, was a but super then he was troll. yeah, no, but he was he was he was totally for real. And then we didn't get as many comments on the last show as we normally do. I'm just I'm just skeptical that that was the actual audience. Reaction. Well, maybe, maybe the uh, maybe the Jays have conscripted AI to to troll raid your show. Right. Who knows? What an they got to get in line behind the uh, flat Earth people. They the flat the flat Earth people dominate that. Yes. Yeah, well. they do uh, own all of the world's banks. The flat Earth people. Ah, uh, yes. Let the, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Hope you have a great night. Thank you, Nick. Have a good see night. That's it. This is a career right. killer, this show. This is a disaster. I uh, mean, for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, tonight's show or just in general? Yeah, I can't. Caller after caller is coming in. Hey, I don't, I don't telling curate, us to watch all these documentaries. I don't curate it. You know, I, I welcome any perspective that anyone wants to provide. It's, it's, I'm not, you know, these are randomly selected callers. So if someone wants to uh, come in and voice uh, a, a, you know, Voice the other. If someone wants to come in and oh, defend been Ben Shapiro's honor, you're welcome to do that. In fact, if Ben himself wants to defend Ben Shapiro's honor, that would be great. I genuinely yeah. don't understand his popularity. I don't get it. He has no charisma. Oh. He's got he's got man tits. He's got pokey little man tits. How dare you? He's been working out hard lately. He's got a super annoying voice. He's incredibly self-righteous. To, to give him as much credit as possible, I think that he's very good at condensing complex news stories down into uh crucial points and and crafting generally good arguments about them that's not to endorse every one of his perspectives but i think that he has a talent there's a reason his show is popular and it's because he's able to aggregate and analyze news in a very efficient consumable way doesn't mean that every opinion that he has is correct um, but doesn't his bias pollute so many of his perspectives that it makes well, it difficult. It, I mean, ha, can he really take an America first perspective? Uh, we all have our biases. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to so, listen to anybody that has an allegiance to any other country about matters in America. You don't have an oh. allegiance to this country. Shut up. Yeah, but I'm American at least. <laughs> but I wouldn't listen to some guy that was like some Chinese guy about American yeah. matters. I'd be like, what the fuck do you know? The like, second it, that it, you could get Putin or Xi in the white house, you would do it. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. So only cause Putin's hot. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, I'm, that, I'm like, that changes everything. And now it I does understand change everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally anti China these days. What, what the hell happened? I went to Japan and I was oh. like, Oh, the Chinese are shifty bastards. They, yeah. You guys are right. 
Um, and the pro Russia thing is, is 99% just about my sexual inexplicable sexual attraction to the short man. Okay. So short. Got to read a few chats before we get into the callers over on uh, rumble. Lightweight says it's my understanding if Palestine, uh, or that Palestinians are related to the Philistines who have been fighting with Israel for centuries. Again, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it very much. Mr. Token S word, all woman jokes aside, I want blonde to understand that I hold strong fuck bitch Lom views because I'm Spanish. I'm a Christian and Jerusalem is being tainted by these Fox. Also I understand says, anti. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, he just has a, a couple more here. I'll finish the thoughts and all bitch terrorists deport all the alleged refugees from Europe and deport all illegals, illegal aliens in the States secure all of our borders and stop giving cash to non-U.S. governments. That's it. The Israel, uh, the Israel conflict is getting annoying to constantly hear about. Remember, all our enemies are coming out because they see weakness in the White House. You'll see more of this until we have a leader. Yeah, I think that a lot of that is true, too. It, it, totally. it is weird to see how we are. We are legitimately on all sides of this. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. Obviously, we have a deep involved relationship financially, intelligence wise, all of that stuff with Israel. But I was I was just I just posted about this this morning. We have Iranian spies in the White House. We have people legitimately working for the Iranian government, emailing the Iranian government, looking for Iranian government approval in the State Department and the Defense Department. And so. Our involvement on both sides of the conflict is very, very deep. And that I the only way I can rationalize that is what he's talking about, that our White House is so corrupted and so weak that it is effectively for sale and or just available to be run over by whoever wants to. That's the That's only true. way I Although, can make sense of that. I don't want to attribute um, this randomness to the state of our government. I mean, it's it's been um, highly curated. The government politicians and, and government officials have been highly curated. Um, in terms of my stance on Islam, uh, I understand where conservatives are coming from. If you look at my vi- my video history, like half of my videos are just talking about how I hate Muslims and I hate Takiya and I hate the Quran and how they're Stone Age goat fuckers and all this stuff. I progress beyond this point because now I understand the depths of Western involvement in Middle Eastern affairs so that we can extract resources from them. Um, and that pisses me off because we always act like we're the fucking good guys. And it, it has helped me understand the nature of the conflict. Over there. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not pro Muslim, but like, come on, everybody's got to look at our feminist Western society and realize that they're right about some stuff. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go as far as to say, right. But would I, <laughs> the classic, the classic dilemma, would I rather have Islamic theocracy or full on tranny nonsense? I mean, one is Islamic closer to the, one is closer time. to the truth. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I want to be clear. I want nothing to do with either. But one is closer to the truth. The other is pure lies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and I'm not saying that I would like do well in a Muslim society. I would be raped and murdered so fast. It would just it would just be. I would step off a plane, raped and murdered. I understand that. But we have to we have to look at these societies and be like, well, uh, they have an understanding of their own people. That their own people need to be ruled with an iron fist that um, they can't let women off of this very short leash or it ruins societies. I mean, we're seeing the end stage of these things. We are. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's inherent to the, 
to Western philosophy necessarily. I think that there's a lot of perversion of it, but I, I think what I think fundamentally it's to Western philosophy? the the decay that you're talking about, like the oh. the the our lack of connection to those truths that you're talking about. I think well, a lot of that secularism. Yeah, I think that I think that's probably the yeah. the main factor. Um, but but Muhammad was a false prophet. You know, I'm Catholic, so hmm. I, I also think that there's some heresy there. Addicted to drums says, says uh, I stand the I stand with Matt Fund. Well, thank you. Appreciate it very much. We love you. You're very special. Which reminds me, you have to stand with Matt. Otherwise, you're a moral relativist who is uh, on the same footing as Hamas. You're basically paragliding over the border and shooting babies in the face and then cutting off their heads and then eating their faces and then hunting for more babies if you don't stand with Matt. I actually saw people in the comments like, don't you realize that they're raping babies and eating grandmas and blood i'm like do you, are you listening to yourself they you could i don't it, even just crazy i don't even i would not put it past hamas okay the claims now are that they're beheading babies although that's disputed by some people could i believe that hamas beheads babies 100 percent, definitely could believe that <laughs> is it do i think it's my job to be policing hamas baby beheading on the other side of the world at our expense no. i do not i do not uh and if hamas wants to come here and try to behead our babies we will fuck them up and, and that's why, like, I'm not going to go as far as I, I don't have a problem with Israel defending itself, as I talked about on Sunday. If people come into your country and do terrible stuff like that, you should respond. My only yeah. dispute is just recruiting us from across the globe. Hey, it's your fight. It's, we need your money. We need your weapons. Obviously, we don't have direct military involvement yet, but we got aircraft carriers on the way there. So anyway, but that's stuff that we all talked about on Sunday. Shadow Band says, pretend you're an Indian restaurant. Yes, waiter. I'll have the all Shabab with a sign of Hamas. I was also looking for the uh, Burj Khalifa with the Mogadishu sauce on the side. Is that any good? You know, a lot of their t- a lot of their names and terms do sound like a, a terrible food choice at a restaurant. You're right. Shadow Band says, Allah hu fajita the taco bar. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. We are, you know, we'll probably have to, we I know can, I, we can skip. Yeah. I, I missed yeah. you guys on YouTube and tippy. I'm sorry for that. We are going to come back to you at the end of the stream. That's my fault for poor clock management, but thank you for your patience. Very much appreciated. We'll be back. Um, with you. I'll have to just circle back with you. Cause I want to make sure we leave enough time for our callers. Uh, Carge African American. <laughs> you are good to go. If you're ready. Uh, I think I am. How are you guys doing? We are well, what's on your mind? Uh, nothing much. I know black. You listen to Black Pilled, I'm sure. I do. You're breaking up, though. Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. Yeah, I got a pretty bad connection. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Dangerous space seemed to hear me fine. Well, now you're coming through fine. Now? It was just intermittent. Yeah, now yeah. it sounds good, so go for it. I think Discord's <laughs> cutoff thing, but yeah, yeah. Did you guys watch that flood, the flood stream, or was that just blonde? I'm assuming you watched it. Was it was it the stream that he did uh, the night of all of this stuff? Yep. Yeah. 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 I listened to it. Matt, how about you? No, I don't even know what that is actually. Oh, want do you want to hear like I don't know how much time do you have? Because I have a I got, few of his best takes. I got about a couple minutes for you. So if you got like a point from it, we can take that. I got like I got like a few minutes of it. You want to hear? I, you can't just play it. But oh, well, basically, okay. I'll just uh, say how come it is every time, and I'm John knows this, but he makes a point. How come Israel gets to have a border with machine guns and a no-go zone? Meanwhile, 
we're taking in every we just take everyone we want and if you were to look it's getting really bad again it's so bad i'm sorry cards okay, african you I, can, get, you, I can put you in no the, no no just i was yeah, gonna just s- move on to <laughs> Sorry, I could I could try putting you in the tech problems uh, room here, and we'll see if dangerous spaces can sort it out. We'll give you a, a chance in a few minutes. Does that work? Yeah, sure. I think right. it might be my connection, though. All right. Sorry about that. We'll see if we can uh, see if we can circle back, and we'll talk to Nomad in the meantime. Nomad, are you there? Hey guys, what's Hi. on your mind? Oh well, you guys know I'm Jewish, right? How dare you? Yeah, GTFO. <laughs> so I have some thoughts on on what's going on. Yeah, and I've had family over there. Uh, my uncle fought in World War II. Um, told me a lot about what he saw. Was he? Remember- uh, you're talking about fighting in the U.S. military or elsewhere? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah my uh, my uncle uh, passed away about uh, 15 20 years ago that I used to talk to all the time. Um, he. He uh, fought against the Nazis. And, uh, you know, so a lot of the stuff, you guys are being fed a whole lot of conspiracy theories that I do not have the ability to unpack. Yes, there were some uh, uh, terrorist groups that were pro-Israel, just like there's been terrorist groups that are pro-Christian, terrorist groups that are pro this, that, and the other. You know, fuck terrorists. We can agree on that, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Blonde's going to do her Blonde bit. But yes, I, I, I will agree <laughs> with your, your premise. He's okay. Right. The reason they use paragliders to go across, over the wall is because they fly so low, radar can't pick them up. Yeah, that oh, makes sense. So I, it's Israeli incompetence. Yeah. Um, well, complacency. They were working on peace. Things were getting better. It, it, there is... Uh, the deal was... Uh, in progress that's true but i don't know I, I help me get over just the amount of tech that's on that border and how all of that could just how all of that could just fail so easily well a lot of it a lot of times you can defeat tech with low tech hmm. and it only takes a few holes in the wall to move a lot of people really fast yeah well why so <laughs> And then why did it take so long for intervention too? like, I guess I, Oh man, why did it take so long to get a response going? Like, why is it hours and hours until that happened? I have no damn clue. Possibly people didn't believe it was happening. Hmm. Um, plus the, the Knesset, um, the Israeli parliament. And I, I don't speak um, Hebrew like, (laughs) um, but, uh, the Israeli parliament, pretty much disarmed um the people in these settlements they've disarmed all their citizens um almost nobody can get a gun and those people who are allowed to have a gun get 50 rounds a year um a year just how are you even supposed to train 50 a year exactly yeah well that's your 50 shots for the year wait till next year to get better yeah um yeah well you know you ran out of your 50 shots i guess your family gets killed dude i can't Similarly, I can't imagine living on the U.S. border and not be allowed to arm myself how I see fit. Now, I know we have all kinds of federal laws against that sort of thing. But in general, you know, you, if you want to have a, a suitable defense rifle, you can do that in this country. Living on the yeah. Gaza border where the, where the government says, here's your 50 rounds. Good luck. 
Uh, yeah. I understand, well, you know, you have an attachment to your home or people live in places for all sorts of reasons that seem strange to people who don't live there. But man, uh, I would, uh, I would have a very hard time feeling comfortable knowing there are jihadis on the other side of that border. And I have 50 rounds and that's it. Yeah. And, you know, up until uh, Netanyahu um, got into power, a lot of the prime ministers were super left, super into appeasement. Mm -hmm. And they had um, moved out about uh, 10 or 15,000, maybe more settlers that had been settling in the, northern part of Gaza, um, so that the uh, people in Gaza would be fine. But you know, Hamas is just as evil to the people in Gaza as they are to the Jews. They, If you don't totally agree with everything they say, if you protest at all, the same treatment they gave to the Jewish settlers, uh, I mean, not settlers, the Jewish uh, people that they killed, um, that's the same treatment they give to the um, Arabs that live in Gaza. Yeah, Wait, I, uh, who who is giving the same treatment? Hamas. But Hamas is brutal to the Palestinian people, likewise. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a bu- brutal dictatorship. Yeah, I, I I don't have any illusions about that. At least I don't. People who are capable of going and doing the things that they did on their own published videos, I wouldn't expect them to be uh, very nice people in dealing with their own people either. I think. Uh, you know, and even at some level, the people who live in Gaza have to be responsible for the conditions in Gaza as well. Uh, I mean, that's the idea that that it's just the Israeli thumb that prevents these people from building great things and, and advancing. I, I mean, that I, I wouldn't buy into that either. Obviously, I think the conditions under which Palestinians live in Gaza, first and foremost, I got to look at who controls Gaza, and that's Hamas. Yeah. You know, and on top of that, the southern border is shared with Egypt. Egypt's also yeah. keeping them locked in because a lot of them, Egypt views as undesirables, even though a lot of them are Egyptian by blood. Well, that and that's another interesting angle to this. It's like, oh, you know, this is this is so cruel to the Palestinians. There are there are neighboring Arab countries like that that could facilitate that could help anytime they want. and They choose not to. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's it's all a giant crap show and um the other thing that's happened in gaza is that they've more than doubled their uh population their average age is only 18 because hamas has basically ordered the people living there to keep having more kids uh more kids than they can even support Hmm. and the more kids you have the more you get paid usually it's the employer paying it because they kind of have to or Hamas will step in. But um, the more kids you have, the more you get paid. And uh, the average number of kids uh, per family is is up around six. And that's an average. Six kids per family in Gaza, you're saying? Yes. It is an incredibly dense population because the whole area is what, like 100 square miles or something? Or um, It's tiny. Something like that. And, and you've got two million people living in there? Yeah. And, that that well, is a lot of people on top of each other. All of Israel is smaller than New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, it is a total crap show. And a lot of that, um, uh, Israeli government bears some responsibility. They've Because they were 
if anything, too soft in some of their responses, and they mm. didn't get rid of the Hamas leadership. Now the Hamas leadership is planning everything from Qatar. Uh, planning, what do you mean when you say planning everything? Planning this like attack or planning what? They're not even in Gaza. They're in Qatar. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the guys who were on the video like uh, celebrating the events, you're talking about those guys? No, the actual leadership, their their bosses, the head of the heads of Hamas. that's what I'm saying. Like those those guys were all in like military looking suits, like kind of watching on TV and applauding, and at least in what I saw. Yeah, they're not taking any risks, and it's their lieutenants and captains uh, that are in Gaza proper planning everything. When somebody is, asks how they I, plan I thought, everything, I thought Cutter was like something of a kind of a neutral actor in this, or is Cutter like why would they be harboring the Hamas leadership? Um, I don't know. They 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 don't share border with Israel, but they have that um, typical Islamic. Um, all Jews are bad. All Christians are bad. And Hamas gets funding from somewhere, and it's not just Iran. Uh, well, I suppose uh, well <laughs> indirectly through a lot of uh, so-called humanitarian aid to Palestine too. You know? Oh yeah, they um they definitely like um. Plumbing pipes get turned into makeshift rockets and and pipe bombs. Hmm. Um, supplies for uh, uh, food and and medicine. Uh, if they're actually sent there as food and medicine, they get sold um, on on a sec. You know, they're they're flipped for money to buy more arms. A lot of those uh, weapons they're using now are weapons that uh, Joe Biden left in Af Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, on a long list of many impeachable offenses, you would think that would be one, by the way, but I mean, not a lot of concern for that. But and it, just yeah. just as an American, too, I mean, obviously, you know, if, if you're living in, in Israel, you're going to have a big problem with that if you're being attacked mm -hmm. by those weapons that Americans left over. But as an American, it's like we have jihadis armed with rifles that we paid for that we ourselves are not allowed to own unless we have all the special paperwork and the fees paid and all that. But if I were to somehow recover one of these rifles left behind in Afghanistan and I brought it home here, I would be an insta felon. But, mm -hmm. you know, but we're, yep. <laughs> jihadis get them by the thousands and it's on our dime and uh, nobody nobody has any accountability for that. That's just fine. Yeah, and and um, what I wanted to bring up is uh, they're also coming across our border, and I the, I really worry that we're going to have a, some kind of attack that happen that way sometime soon. Well, they they're uh, the Hamas leadership is calling for a a wave of terror attacks this Friday. Yeah, we'll I heard see that. whether that materializes. But, it's Jihad um, Friday, everybody! Uh, if you don't carry a gun, you should for Jihad Friday. Yeah, if, if you work outside of the home or or uh, your kids have school this Friday, it might just be a good t day to catch up on some projects at home. Hmm. As you know, they love to target schools, shopping centers, churches. Yeah. Yeah, I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I really do. Obviously, the border is a concern for its own sake. I mean, we have these masses of humanity crossing movements largely controlled by the cartel. Who, who the hell knows what's going on? But if the, if all of the Middle Eastern jihadis are motivated enough to do what they just did, it's not hard for them to to commit a similar attack using similar tactics on our country 
In fact, it's quite easy. And nobody seems particularly concerned about that possibility. If even 1% of them are that motivated. No. Well, um, thank you for, thanks for calling in and thank you for, uh, for your points as well. Uh, do you have anything else you'd you'd like to say before we let you go? No, just, uh, like I said, um, maybe keep yourself and the kids home, uh, you and blonde. Hmm. Um, well, lucky me, I'm always at home. I work, I work in this, (laughs) in this cave. Yeah. Keep yourself safe and, uh, stay strapped. All right. Good advice for all times, not just Jihad Friday. Um, thanks for calling in, man. Okay, a couple minutes left before we're finished up with calls, but let's try again on Carj African American. Let's see if we get a better connection this time. I don't know. Do we? Loud and clear now. Yeah, so go for it before it gets worse. I was listening to that last guy, and yeah, um, there are some reports that now that they're being more, uh, they're scrutinizing border crossings more, they're realizing that there might already have been a few people from terror groups who've crossed the border. <clears throat> if it's only Which a few, that I, would be a miracle. <laughs> I, that's what I was saying. I yeah. mean, it would be surprising if it was just a few. But no, I mean, basically what I was about to say was he makes a good point, which he usually does. Uh, if Israel can have and we want to support them and we support their no no go zones where people get shot mm-hmm. if they go there because, you know, they want to protect their borders. How come if you float that idea with a Republican, like just stick some MG42s on the border? they will have nothing to do with it. They want nothing to do with it, even though it's it's an invasion. Like, there's no other way to word yeah, I mean, the I mean, amount of people that come in. If you took the full focus and resources of the U.S. military and applied it to southern border security, you could cut 10,000 crossings a day to something close to zero. I guarantee it. Uh, but, but then how would we support global democracy? Yeah, well, I know. It's very crucial. Democracy? <laughs> But, um, um, but yeah, you're exactly, you're, yeah. If, for some reason, that is a preposterous concept, of course, among Democrats and the left, but even among um, conservative politicians, that is treated as some sort of overreaction or something that's too drastic for some reason. Yeah. And then on Twitter, YouTube, anywhere you go, you see kidnappings of women, but you never see any coverage of, I don't know, let's say certain demographics within the U.S. Uh, doing the exact same thing that they do every year, killing literally thousands of U.S. citizens in a completely disproportionate number, and media is completely silent. There's nothing said about that group and what they do in the U.S., even when there's actual videos of it or pictures of the victims that are published. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems... You know, it smells funny. Um, I guess that's all I really wanted to bring up. Uh, oh, Blonde, I wanted to bring up a channel to you, if you don't mind, sure. that maybe you'd be interested in. Uh, he's actually kind of younger, so it kind of surprised me. Hit leather Leather Apron Club. Oh, I know Maybe them. once he gets banned off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I, he's <laughs> been in our... Um, I'm, already, I'm already subscribed. He's been in our live chat before. He has. I did yeah. not know that. Or is That's this the guy awesome. that my brother suggested? He did the one about how Jefferson probably didn't own any slaves, uh, or sorry, didn't have children with any slaves. Interesting. Um, I got to listen to that because that's oh, how I've watched a it bunch was, of it basically his videos. Yeah, yeah. Basically, someone within the male Jefferson line 
had children with one of his slaves, but it more than likely wasn't Jefferson if you actually look at the facts and don't just read headlines. And then uh, he also does a bunch on, how do I word this, overrepresentation of certain demographics in media. But oh, maybe I should have I thought that maybe on. Blonde would be interested in that. Apron. Yeah, because he's probably not going to last long if he gets any bigger because Joe Rogan already brought him up. And uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's never a good idea when you get that many eyes on you. Yeah, yeah, there's a clip of it probably from about a few months ago. It's it, he mentions it. Oh, he's uh, laying low. Yeah, that's probably smart. My appearance on Joe Rogan, yeah, but he got like started getting hundreds of thousands of views uh, after that. So you might he might be gone soon. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let that go because I don't want to take too much of your time. I want you guys to thanks for calling. Callers. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, man. Right. Have a good night. Bye. I'm looking at a headline right now. Zelensky begs for more weapons, scrambles to keep international aid from drying up as his military prospects are worsening by the day. Are we witnessing some kind of foreign aid competition? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, like, oh, no. People are, are not going to give a shit about my cause. <laughs> uh, we'll give last call to uh, Wicked Masshole. Mr. Masshole. What's yep. in your mind? Well, uh, a while back, I had a super chat where I asked you what your most annoying John Tester vote was. And uh, yeah, I, I that. Yeah, and you had a good rant about how annoying John Tester is, which I always enjoyed. But mm. at no point did you say what specific vote he cast and then the ensuing justification for why it was totally in Montana's interest. Uh, ah. I was like, what, what did you vote for that? The one thing he voted for that you're like, how did you vote for that? And then he just goes and says, oh, this is totally Montana. It's so... The things that I would blame him most for are the most are the things that have done the most financial damage to not just Montana, but this country. It's Biden's agenda. It's things like the Inflation Reduction Act and the uh, the infrastructure bill and all of this nonsense that I think is is that he's not at all popular in Montana politics, but he just skates by on it. As to your question is how he explains it. As far as I've observed, he doesn't. He just kind of ignores that and pivots to, well, I'm the, I'm uh, the veterans affairs committee chair and look how much I do for veterans. That's pretty much how it goes. Like I'm just John tester. I get a $12 flat top haircut. Actually it's $18 now due to inflation, but I won't talk about that. I get a flat top haircut at a small town barbershop and I do stuff for veterans and I lost two fingers or three fingers or however many in a farming accident when I was 12. So I'm just one of you and I just like the veterans. So keep voting for me. That's pretty much how the campaign goes as far as I observe. Wow. So it's not like he has some, oh, here's how this particular bill is actually going to benefit Montana. And here's how this bill. Is oh, God, just... no, no. Uh, it's going to be really interesting wow. to see how his campaign goes. He is up for reelection this next cycle. So 2024. And it, the, it looks like that the nomination for the Re- Republican challenger is still open. There's a guy named Tim Sheehy, who appears to be the yeah. front runner now. And he is a former. Oh, really? I don't know if he's a former SEAL or what his background in the military was. But he, I think, is a very interesting challenger to Tester, not just because Tester is going to be vulnerable for supporting the Democrat agenda almost universally, but because she, he, or a candidate with a strong military background like that, I think is really going to be able to challenge Tester's, I'm just the the veterans affairs guy who's here for veterans angle. If uh, John Tester himself is not a military veteran, as far as I'm aware, he's just 
is a pro, you know, he brands himself as a pro veteran guy in, in the Senate. But if there's somebody with a, with a significant military background who comes in and earns that sort of default support away from tester, in addition to all the negatives that tester is going to endure by virtue of his support for you know, the canned Democrat policy. I'm shocked that tester is running again, frankly, because the, the deck is so stacked against him to win. But maybe he knows well, something that I don't. Right? Maybe there's fortification infrastructure across the vast land of Montana that I haven't seen yet. I mean, it's not like the Democrats can just run somebody else, you know. I guess he's got oh, they could. to lose. They could. I mean, if he were to just step down, they could. They got... Um, have... there, there have been uh, some decently close congressional races. They have... You know who they could run? They could run Zoe Zephyr. They could run our state's most <laughs> famous tranny and see how that goes. Brilliant. Yeah. That would certainly be entertaining. Not yeah. for them, though. Yeah, uh, Democrat Montana is a place, one of those places where Democrats, I think, have actually been losing influence. And we, we do still have some progressive influence in our state. And we've kind of been a purple state for a while. Sort of one of those kind of politically incoherent states that, you know, uh, will vote like for. I I remember back, was it 2004? I forget what year it is. The same year Montana voted for the legalization of medical marijuana and for recognition of, of same sex marriages, I think is how it went. You know, it's, 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 uh, there's a lot of that, like dirty libertarian streak to to Montana for better or worse. And so Democrats can, they benefit from that sometimes, but um, it's not that they don't have anybody to run, but I think you're right. They don't have like a clear, all-star of Montana Democrat politics. Frankly, the all-star of Montana Democrat politics is Zoe Zephyr. That's not even a joke. Zoe Zephyr (laughs) is probably the the most famous Democrat in this state outside of John Tester right now. But, Mm. yeah. Uh, Did you have any uh, other thoughts on on Mr. Tester or anything else before we let you go? Well, I'm just uh, wondering, uh, based off of how you've said he just tries to ignore it, if simply ignoring something is a viable strategy in the age of the internet when people can figure out about stuff because it's not very hard to put together you know uh here's a compilation of all the things that he voted for and uh, here he doesn't want to talk about it it's just can he actually get away with that it's uh, like, he, he he did last time he uh, he yeah. won he barely beat Matt Rosendale in 2018 and he did yeah. kind of the same thing. That was a different political circumstance because tr- it was still Trump's term in the middle of Trump's term. And so any kind of in- whenever there's an incumbent president, that that president's party is at some level of a midterm disadvantage. And so that yeah. probably worked in Tester's favor. Yeah. Um, Another factor is but, that the uh, the people who dis- switch to the Democrats because of Donald Trump where the people who are more likely to show up in a midterm, you know, the educated, the wealthy and the people who switch to the Republican party because of Donald Trump are the ones who are more likely to sit out the midterm from uh, many reliable sources have been saying. So probably doesn't, uh, doesn't work to our favor in that sense. But I mean, no, if John Tester wins, then I'm, I'm full on, I'm on board entirely with full on rigged. If John Tester wins this state in 2024, it is a hundred percent rigged. I I'm, I'm going on record with that. There's, there's just no way there's no way yeah. that guy is taking this state in 2024. 
but I highly doubt it. I highly doubt he can pull it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. See you later. Uh, John Tester, are you familiar with what he looks like at all? I couldn't take him out of my I, I, my wife and I jokingly call him Tester the Molester because it's just funny. there's no evidence that he ever touched kids. But I always wanted Trump to call him Tester the Molester because you know, go ahead. He does have that face. Look up. You want to see? Okay, look up John Tester's wife, Buzz, your We've girlfriend. We've done this on the show. Woof. Have we talked about her? Yes, we have talked about. Holy this. Yeah. cow! It's mostly her hair, though. Well, John Tester and his wife are like mirror images. John Tester's wife makes Fauci's wife look smoking hot. That's how. That's how bad John Tester's wife is. Oof. And John Tester is is one of the perfect examples of what DC and Congress does to people. John Tester prides himself as a as a dirt farmer from Big Sandy, Montana. And as far as I'm aware, that's true. He has a family farm up in Big Sandy, Montana. Still maintains it to this Isn't he day. Hella rich, though. I'm not saying he doesn't. But John Tester went to Congress in 2006, and every single year that belly has grown. And grown and grown. And there might not be a bigger belly in Congress right now than John Tester's. And that is just such a perfect metaphor for what you just go there and you get fat and happy on the public. That's, how, that's how it goes. Yeah. And he has done that for almost the yeah. last 20 years. So. Anyway, uh, thank you to the callers tonight. Very much appreciated. If you were, were trying to get in live, but you were not successful, or if you'd, you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live, of course, send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact, and look for the call-in show question form. We neglected our YouTube and Tippy stream people, so we should pick up there. Last I left off was uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck. You want to pick up there? Did you read that one? Yeah. No. No. The last one I read was Mojack 420 about the King David Hotel. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I think. This is not a monkey book. Right. Uh, that super chat was wrong about the recipe for hummus. You're supposed to use chickpeas, not garbanzo beans. If Matt and Blonde don't get that callback, you suck. Is that the, the joke about I haven't had garbanzo beans pee on my face? Wait. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have to plead. Well, I, I have to plead that I suck because I don't remember. I'm sorry, hunky. You buck. suck. Fuck you. I don't remember. I think that's it. Yeah. I, okay. I mess up the joke, but you know, long gone, John. Matt hummus is poor taste. But As, uh, did I say taste. that and accidentally make a joke? Probably did. Um, yeah. I actually like hummus. Not a fan of Hamas, but hummus is, is pretty good. Who doesn't like hummus? Yeah. Poor Cupine. Do you think the goal of this conflict is to get America involved just to subsequently kill off the able-bodied men to push the government single totally? I think that we've seen um, rallying for foreign involvement with Iran and justification thereof. I mean, it's been increasing for decades and decades. I saw some great expanding brain tinfoil on Twitter. I forget who was posting about this because I should properly credit them, but it's like, what if the plan is to destroy the economy such that the only viable economic path for any able-bodied male is to join the military to Whoa. participate in the global forever war. Like they'll, they will yeah. destroy your ability to earn a living other than to serve in their slave army. Now, of course we're, we're several steps removed from that, but can anyone deny the trajectory Economy downward, forever wars upward, your choices narrowing. 
Yeah, and maybe. Uh, you, you have a you get you get to pick Middle East war or gay war. That's your only choice. Which way do you want to die? I choose gay war. I think I have a better chance. I would rather fight the militant, you, yeah, the militant homos than the hajis. That's my pick for sure. You would have a a much better chance for sure. <laughs> and it's going to be okay. this this war is going to be so crazy. Like once once Hamas and the militant homos ally. What's that going to be like? They're not going to stay allied forever, but would Hamas, in such a scenario, would the jihadis align themselves with the militant homos for the sake of destroying the West, knowing that they'll fight each other later? But it's kind of like you say, it's like, well, common enemies, sometimes you have to understand, you have to work with a, 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 even if you're an enemy with a person, you have to work with them to defeat a common enemy. Would the jihadis join the militant homos? I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, let's actually circle back and do this at the end of the show. Oh yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. I'm, I'm totally off. You're right. Why am I reading super chat? I'm supposed to be doing email questions. Thank you for getting me back on track. And thank you to our chatters. We will have to be a whole thing, man. I was just gently trying to, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened with my brain. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We will come back to the chatters. My apology. I got totally disorganized. What am I doing over in the email questions? Bo Jiden. Hey, Fassive Maggots. Very clever. Can we get an update on your brother's gun, Matt? I hope you got it together. Blonde, stay beautiful and get pregnant again. Nerd. What are you you talking about? He's Bo Jiden is behind. Or does he mean after get pregnant after this pregnancy? He's talking about after this. No, I thought he meant currently. I'm going to get a tubal while I'm giving birth. Yeah. Uh, The update on, on. So if people don't remember, I have leftover from my brother's collection is this. 5.7 upper, and just so people understand, this is the 5.7 AR upper that takes P90 mags that mount on, on the actual top of the rifle, not the like CMMG uh, modified AR system that will take 5.7 mags, you know, normally through an AR magwell. So this is like a, this is a, a AR 5.7 system that as far as I'm, as far as I can tell is not really manufactured anymore, at least by this company, which was AR 5.7. And uh, so I've been searching the internet. Oh, the problem with it is that I don't have the bolt carrier group for the upper. I have the upper. I don't have the bolt carrier group. And so while I can find uppers that I could slap on any lower to build such a rifle, I want to use this upper because, of course, this is uh, this was a, a project left over my by my brother that he never finished. And so it would mean a lot to me to finish it and have that in my possession. I've been chopping around the internet trying to find a bolt carrier to put in there. Can't do it. I did receive um, a couple. I actually had a a gun shop or I don't know what their official title is, but uh, a guy reached out to me who works in some sort of gun industry business. And he said, Hey, I have those parts. Uh, And I said, awesome. Could you please send them to me? And he did so that I could see it. I could see if they would fit. They did not fit. And it broke my heart. I had to send them back to him because whatever, there were a couple different iterations or generations of this rifle built and whatever bolt carrier group I need to fit this particular upper, that was not it. And he had two different styles in his possession and neither one of them fit. So that was a, a bummer. And ever since then, I've just kind of just kind of put it on the back burner again because we got so much going on with our family right now that even if I had the parts, I'm not in position to be putting together rifles at the moment. So no progress, unfortunately. But if you, if, if anybody out there in Gunland, 
knows of someone who has a bolt carrier group for the AR57 system, which again takes the P90 mags on top, I am an interested buyer. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Thanks for the uh, request uh, on the update. Mad Trad is up next. You got it? Hi, Mountain Blonde. Palestinians have a country. It's called Jordan. Matt is right about the Hamas attack. It's not my concern. Blonde, why are you repeating 20-year-old lefty talking points on Hamas? I don't understand why people think this is a leftist perspective. Are you listening to leftists right now talk about this? Because most of it is just pro-Israel shilling from all sides. I guess I'd have to hear what point they're they're specifically accusing you on. I don't know either. I, I'm well. I'm happy to field that question. I would just want to know what what the uh, exact point is. But yeah, I mean that that is what frustrates me. It's like okay, we can have these debates about who's entitled to the land and who drew first blood and who's worse in the tally of worse things. Uh, at the end of the day, um, it is not our country. It is not our fight. And so for us to sit here and try to dissect that and score keep and decide, like, it's just frustrating because it's taking our eye off the ball. Uh, it's, it's, it's taking our focus away from where it should be. And so, uh, yep. I don't know. For once, uh, Mike Pence was right about that, at least in this particular context. Well, it's not my concern. Uh, CB. Did you have any more to say about that? Nope. No, I think it's your turn. Okay. No, I was just curious if you had any more to say about that prior question. Uh, question in regards to your our obligation to Israel as it stands, it is a major U S ally. It is our guy. Is it your position rather one? We shouldn't help our allies generally speaking in these sorts of matters that we shouldn't be allied with Israel specifically or three that we just shouldn't have foreign allies at all. I don't think that, that we should have a structure like this where, uh, if some middle Eastern country like this, that, Let's put it this way. I'm not saying there's there's no such thing as an alliance where you would defend a country if they're attacked. Maybe I'm ignorant of what's going on here. I just don't. What is the specific value of this of this alliance? What are we getting from the Israel alliance that is of such benefit that we are obligated to go in and police all of this Islamic terrorism going on over there? I'm not saying never. I just I want to know what is the proportionality that benefits our country on a level of the of the risk and damage that we potentially take on by totally. getting ourselves involved in this. And if, if I can hear I know you can't respond, CB, so I'm not saying there's it's not possible that such a thing exists. I just need that explained to me. And I don't see what value we are getting reciprocally from Israel to justify that sort of uh, that sort of uh, liability for our country. Totally. And it's not just the monetary monetary entrenchment that we have. I mean, there's like a it's it's majorly detrimental to the culture. That's the other thing. So if, if we're going to have an alliance with another country uh, insofar as we get involved when they're when they're having a bloody conflict with another country, they better be contributing in a major way monetarily to our country. And then they better be fortifying the, the morality of our country and our culture. To, is Israel doing either of these things? No, they're detrimental to both. So why, the, why are we bothering? The best arguments I've heard, and again, I'm you know, I'm sure CB, you might have a better argument than this. So if you do, you're welcome to send it in, and, and I'll I'll happily uh, listen to it. What I hear most of the time is tech and intel. Like we get intelligence on jihadis and foreign adversaries from Israel, and then there's certain technological development. 
Um, but I don't At like, is our cost? country so starved for technological development that we must have a, a military alliance with Israel to uphold it? I don't, I'm not really convinced of that. And as far as our intel on foreign terrorists, yeah, yeah, I, I think there are plenty of jihadis in the Middle East who would love to attack our country in the same way they just did to Israel. No doubt. I guess my question is, um, if we if we maintain a presence there that is constantly meddling in that part of the world, like, is there interest in attacking us by virtue of our presence and our meddling, or is it just inherent? Like, if we were less involved, do we need to have all that intelligence on jihadis all the time if we're out of that part of the world generally speaking and it's not our concern yep maybe maybe the jihadis are sitting around planning to attack us either way that they just you know they hate us that much and they can't stand our existence anywhere on the globe maybe i'm being naive i just like to me the intel benefit that you get well why is that beneficial because you're there like if you're not there do you need the intel as much yeah yeah i don't know there's Um, just my perspective on it Notice her blonde. You recently claimed to be descended from American founding stock who came over on the Mayflower, yet you're also an avowed Catholic. What happened? Your Puritan ancestors are spinning in their grooves. Yeah, but who was my ancestor before my Mayflower ancestors? I mean, they were all Catholic. So I don't know. I mean, does my ancestry stop at 1607? No. I mean, what good did it do them to come over here anyway? They should have stayed Am I in a in, better situation. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot of the same problems going on in Great Britain or, you know, whatever the origin here is. Totally. But I don't know that I would be worse off. And I at least would have some sort of, um, I don't know, like strong ancestral bond, <laughs> ancestral bond, ancestral bond to my homeland, which I don't have now. And I bitterly resent. No, so, I think uh, speaking of the jihadis, I think they took all the uh, bonding with the ancestral homeland a long time ago. <laughs> but it's not like my ancestors came from Somalia or some shit where I'm like, oh, I'm definitely better off now. It's like uh, as in like the quality of life England. in the U.S. drastically better than the U.K. I, I, or globally yeah, yeah, speaking, I, I wouldn't say drastically, but I personally, I would much rather live in the U.S. than the U.K. for sure. I'd rather have to deal with the Muslim problem there then well and and then the exchange would be that i had a, a a nation and a homeland and a people which i don't really feel like i have now so currently in the uk or in a theoretical situation currently in the uk you think that really you think it's uh, the, i the, would take that trade off yeah i would take but it. you you think that that the uk is more aligned with its actual like ethnic origin than the us no, but I would be able to do that more easily. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe now I was just I'm just American, whatever the fuck that means. Well, it used to mean something. Yeah. Some of us still believe in those concepts, but, you know, we're a dwindling bunch. And for reasons I can understand, though I may not agree, but I, I can understand for sure. Um, This is a Simpsons joke. I, I do. This is Bart calling in. Amanda hug and kiss. Uh, I can't do a good Mo impression, so I'll just leave it at that. Matt and Blonde, as a young parent, how much freedom will you lend your children in terms of dating? I think how strict my parents, or specifically my mom, was with my high school sweetheart, to whom I'm happily married. Um, so I'm wondering how futile being strict may be with my son and God willing future children. Yeah, it's very hard for me to speculate without crossing that bridge yet. Uh, that's an area. All these aspects of parent parenthood when your kids are older like 
how to handle cell phones, how to handle dating, all these kind of teenage things. I I'm I have some concept in my head and then I know as it's going to play out totally different when I actually experience it. But if I were handling that right now, in theory, I would approach this in the same way that I'm going to approach all dicey issues and topics with my son. Uh, and I don't even have a daughter yet, to, which would probably be a different scenario. So I'm speaking on behalf of my sons here. Uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to try to control their decision making. I think I'm going to try to try to speak to them. Uh, openly to guide them to the right decisions, to get them to, to think, to make smart decisions. And so I'll, (laughs) hopefully I can rely on that judgment, which, what am I talking about here? I'm relying on teenage judgment. This is going to be a disaster, but what I want, I don't want my sons to make the right choices because dad is breathing down their necks to force them. I want them to be whatever you have to do to make your kids make the right choices. I guess, but like what, for a 16-year-old young man, for example, and he decides I want to date like that idiot over there who's a total disaster and is going to ruin his life. Um, if that's in his head, it's going to be very hard for me to physically restrain him to stop that from happening. At, at, somehow I have to get into his mind to lead him to the correct decisions so that he understands why they're the correct decisions. So, you know, just like everything else, I'm going to naively sit down and talk about these things philosophically with the expectation that rationality will prevail. And then when it doesn't, I'll go, well, how the hell did that happen? I can't believe it. Poor decisions were made once again. Uh, But that's the best I got just because I don't, I'm not going to be able to shackle my, my teenage sons. The they'll, my worry with too much force is they're going to resent me and do that shit anyway. In fact, they might be more tempted to do yeah. it specifically because I'm trying to stop them from it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's no force stronger than the teenage libido. So hmm. whatever you have to do as a parent to like make sure that your kid is not sexually active is the right thing. Well, not to be absurdist, but like there has to be some limitation on that. You're not going to like put him in a padded cell. I have daughters, so yeah. okay. Padded cell, it is. Listen, if you <sighs> yeah. can't, if you can't protect your daughter's chastity, you failed as a parent. Like, I'll take, I'll take your point. Yeah. Just, the only thing that I, I think about this constantly, like Ingrid and Emmeline, cannot be whores. It's extremely important. I think most parents would agree. If I had daughters, and hopefully I will one day, I will agree with but that. But most premise, parents yeah. don't agree. People just act like, like, oh, well, teens, they're just gonna bang. It's hmm. like, no, 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 no. You have to do whatever you can as a parent to protect your daughter. Sons, I care less about um, in this regard. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not like super worried about her understanding where I'm coming from and everything like that. It's going to be chastity belts and severe beatings and and basement lock ins like I'll do it all. I guess what uh, my my dad always told me there are adult decisions with adult consequences, you know, and um, yeah, I will afford my sons a, a, an appropriate degree of freedom to to learn that. But I guess as long as they understand that if they make adult decisions with adult consequences, they can fully expect that their father will enforce those adult consequences on them. That is to say, you go get a, a girl pregnant out there. Guess what? You're married now. And guess what? You're supporting that kid for the rest of your life. And if you don't. Yeah. Dad will impose severe consequences because you have. Yeah, just- but then you don't want to make it like so severe that they would just have an abortion and lie about it too, because that's the well, worst thing that could happen. Uh, if if that happened, then uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> what joke can I make about what I would do to my sons in such a scenario? Um, it's not even really a joking matter. I mean, that's that's a that, that would be if that happened, I would consider it to be such a just a grotesque moral act by my son, but I would consider it a failure on my part as a father totally. that I, having raised a son who would do that. I would be just imagining the level of disappointment is it's, it's difficult hard. to even think about it, let alone experience it. But, but you have to have your child have the confidence that like, if they get in that situation, the better thing to do would be to have the baby. Hmm. So that's a, it's a difficult, this is a really difficult line to walk. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I hope I raise sons who sit around thinking about stuff so much that they never actually do anything. Or nerds. Yeah. I'm hoping Emmeline is like, you know, glasses, like 10 to 15 pounds overweight until she's 20. (laughs) And then. Wait a minute. You You don't want her to having five kids by 20. It's too late. I think that, well, if you look at, at a divorce statistics, the people that do the best, even in Christian marriages, wait until they're around 22. So I think that 18 to 22 is probably not biologically, but it is probably too young for most people to get married. Hmm. You want that as a woman, that 22 to 25 range. I think that that's the sweet spot for marriage where there's some level of maturity, a lower incidence of divorce, and you still have a lot of prime pearl years in front of you. Yeah. I guess um, on the other side of this, like imagining the shame that my son could potentially bring me on the other side. There is the pride that I hope my sons will bring me. And to give as much credit to the freedom argument as I can, if I want my sons to make me proud, I have to give them opportunities to make me proud. Make proud and I, yeah. I have to give them the freedom to go out there and do that. So, yeah, I mean, that that's why I'm, I'm not going to try to shackle them. It's just adult decisions have adult consequences mm. and they will, un- they will understand that. Uh, somehow I'll figure out a way to get that into their heads. And uh, thank you. I forget who asked, asked the question, but all the best to your family. I'm sorry. Blonde deleted your name. I'm going to blame her. Whatever. It's Amanda Huggin. Oh yeah. Amanda. Yes. All the best to you, Amanda. Uh, all right. Leonardo's up next. Liana, dear Matt and Brond, I would like to hear more on your thoughts on the reasonable fascism when it comes to limited kids usage of internet and devices. Circumstances have me 24 female living with 13 year old. The father of my charge has recently sent her her first iPhone. She was ecstatic. Of course, I was not. I thought I had a few more years without this problem. Bloody hell. As phone Uber, Uber Fuhrer, I've so far negotiated phone shouts not enter the bedroom, disrupt dinner, or the bedtime hmm. story. I don't know. This is this is hard. Like my niece and nephew just got iPhones and they're 10 and 13. And even though they have like all these restrictions, yeah, they're still like clearly addicted to phones. If it was my 13 year old, the only argument I'm listening to for that, from that kid is what if I'm in an emergency situation? All right, I'll get you a phone that can call like three people and that's all it can do. Or use your friend's phone. Yeah, but I don't want to make my kids reliant on some idiot kid, you know? Uh, yeah, but but in what situation are they going to be totally alone and without a phone? Well, you never know. Like, what if they're the victim of some kind of crime or, you know, who knows? They're they're kidnapped. They're separated from that friend. They're by themselves. They're all the sorts of circumstances. The chance that they get highly addicted to pornography is like 7,000 times well, that's, higher. That's why this phone doesn't have internet. It just calls three people. Yeah. 
God. Yeah. As I much as I love the internet, the prospect of my kids on the internet is terrifying. I, I, does she have the authority to be like no phone? Well, I'm confused about the situation. On, so she's living with a 13 year old, but she's she not told a, me the situation. Not offline. a parent of, she's not a parent of, but she is a primary, maybe secondary custodian of a 13 year old child. Okay. So, but if you're not in it, like a, a, a parenthood role, well, then in, in this specific out of the picture though, but, if, but if you don't have, if that kid is not your kid and by that, I mean like you have custody of the kid legally. But, yeah. But she's going to be making parenting decisions on a day-to-day basis every day. Does this, does she have the blessing of the parent to do that? Yes. Due to their high level of dysfunction. They've. Okay. I mean, I guess. Uh, I'm, yeah. For the sake of this discussion, I will assume that you, in fact, have a legitimate parenthood role over this kid. If you don't, no it kind fun. of erases the entire premise. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I sort of reject the premise of fascism as it applies to parenthood. You know, it's like it, it amuses. Not that I think you're wrong, uh, Leona. You said her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, I get the point you're making, like how strict are you going to be? I know you're kind of speaking just in a, an exaggerated way there, but whenever people try to draw some sort of hypocrisy in the way that you parent versus how you deal with other people in any other interaction, it's like, yeah, they're not, they're not the same though. It's like mm-hmm. the, my role as father of my sons is fundamentally different than my role with my neighbors or with the guy on the street. And it's like, would I, how, how could you be a strict parent, but sort of more freedom oriented in your politics? Because the relationship between government and, and the family or the individual is fundamentally different from the relationship of father to child. Uh, and so if there is an area in which I'm going to be much more Hitlerian, it's probably going to be as, as the head of my own household, but that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, like this household is my domain. Uh, all the houses around here, they're not my domain. I don't really think I have business going and policing every little aspect of everyone else's life. But in this house, it's my rules. And that's why, that's why it's more Hitlery. It's not that Hitlery, but it's certainly more Hitlery than the outside. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, Leona. What the, (laughs) am I reading this one? You are sand and words are terrorists. I mean, no, that's terrorist singular terrorist singular. OK, uh, well, that's that's kind of redundant, I guess. But sure. Uh, <laughs> he said the N word. If you could only use a spoon or a fork and a knife for the rest of your life, which would you choose and why? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the fork just because I don't eat a lot of uh, like runny, soupy things. OK, but even if you're eating soup, you use the fork for the solid matter in the soup. And then you drink, then you the, drink rest. the soup. Yeah. yeah. The spoon you, is everybody uh, on the planet would choose the fork. Uh, this is such a stupid question. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time making an argument for the spoon. Thank nah. you. Eden <laughs> D. Snuts. Clever. Do you think it is acceptable for teachers and professors in politics focused classes to state their own partisan opinions on a subject as long as they explicitly clarify that that is just their opinion? And not empirical fact. For example, going back to Lawrence v. Texas, mm-hmm. aka the constitutional right to butt sex case, would it have been acceptable for Matt's professor to have my own personal opinion? Fortunate provides a constitutional right to butt sex, and 
opposition to this decision seems strongly rooted in homophobia, but that's just my view. I don't know. Mm. I'm a, I'm a millennial and I came up it with teachers, not knowing, just knowing fuck all about their personal life, their political opinions. I I'm like you, like, I don't, I don't know what any of these people believe. I know things are entirely different now, but I deeply ingrained in me is the belief that teachers should, uh, keep their mouth shut about their personal things. Yeah, I, I would have, you could sit here and make an argument for transparency. Maybe the best form of this teacher is going to say, hey, in the interest of transparency, here's what I think. But in the interest of a lively classroom debate, I'm going to steel man both sides. I, I could see that being productive and fine. I think the best thing about that professor I had, though, was I legitimately have no idea. He was so good at, just being contrarian for the sake of facilitating the classroom discussion and being a devil's advocate and going through the Socratic method that if every, so obviously when I, in this moment, I talk about all the time in the constitutional law class where he came in and sat down and said, do you have a constitutional right to ass fuck? That is how that day of uh, discussion started in that class that even though that whole class myself included at the time was a bunch of progressive, progressive idiot college kids who were of the position, oh yeah, 100%. Due process clause for sure protects butt-fucking. That's exactly what they thought about in 1860-whatever. Definitely what they meant. That was the position of everybody in the class. If you had that class, if he was, if that teacher was in a classroom at, I don't know, what Liberty University or something, like one of these much more conservative colleges, and everybody took the position of, well, no, I mean, that's preposterous. The The language of the 14th Amendment says no such thing. You have to just invent that into it in a way that makes no sense. I guarantee you he would have taken the position. Certainly, don't you think that there are certain concepts of. Uh, concepts of liberty or rights that are sort of inherent to the freedom that we mm-hmm. conceive of when we think of the Amer- the relationship of uh, American government to citizen that while not explicitly articulated in the Constitution are certainly protected by you know, this penumbra concept. Right. Obviously that's not what I believe. And I, I don't know what he believed, but I guarantee you he would have given that argument the best possible case that he could in a way that you wouldn't be able to tell what he really thinks. And I, as far as the teaching approach, I hope, uh, you know, all of my kids get, that's what I would pick. I don't, frankly, even if it's for the sake of transparency, I don't care what the teacher's opinion is. I don't even, I don't need it. I don't right. need it to be disclosed, frankly. Um, so my 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 ideal would be no. Don't tell me your don't tell me your opinion. Just do the best for all sides of interpretation that you can. But right, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks thanks for the thoughts, uh, Eden. <laughs> best of luck with your snuts, sleuthing sloth. Hey guys, I was wondering what your thoughts are about women breastfeeding in public. I've heard so many stories about women being confronted and made to feel uncomfortable. I've had no issues. Hold on. No. Okay. That's blocking me. I've had no, no issues feeding my daughter currently and have a, uh, but I have a response. If I do get confronted politely, fuck off. I hope that, uh, the pregnancies are doing well. I have, I I bet we did. I don't bet. I know we disagree on this slightly, but I'm not uh, extremely Puritan about it. So do you want to go first or? Sure. I mean, okay. So when I had a baby, I was like, initially I was like, I don't want people to see my sloppy mom tits. I'm just going to try to cover her up. But you know what? Babies don't like to be covered up. And you know where I'm not going to feed my baby in a bathroom, anywhere 
that, sh- that kids need to eat. They should be fed. It is better for the public. Um, and eventually I just, I just stopped caring. It's like, if you're going to watch me breastfeed, then, then that's on you. I don't think that women are violating some kind of code of chastity. I, th- I think I wrote about this on Gab, but like a few summers ago, I saw a girl skateboarding in a thong. It's like, like yeah, every- was- women are whores. All right. They're just, just giant, just just throwing their badges. Right. I, I would like to get more on the other side of that. And no, I'm by no means am I saying that feeding your kid is the exact same thing as being a skateboarding thong whore. Those are definitely different things. That's not what I'm um, saying either. I'm yeah. saying that that is I, the standard for chastity in our society. Yeah. And so I'm going to feed my baby and use what my boobs were created for in public. If I've got to deal with all these goddamn horse speaking of the muslims getting some things right how about we just agree to no women in public like why don't we just get why don't we get back to that no women in public without awesome men. <laughs> yeah. um no okay i i fully grant that it is a perfectly natural healthy thing moms have to do it they should do it, it this is not like a shame thing or something um but i i would there are lots of women who make no effort at modesty in this and what i'm talking about is like the worst example I've ever seen is a woman with like a three-year-old hanging off her boob in the Chipotle line. Like just standing there, tit out, man. Like, good for okay, her. No, good no, her. not good for That's great. Peeing is natural. I, I do that in an appropriate place at an appropriate time. I don't just like. What are women pee. supposed to do? What you're supposed to do is handle that in an appropriately modest way. That's what How? you're supposed to do. Just you know, find a nice spot. Cover up. Ideally, I have to go somewhere else and cover up. No, that is such it's not bullshit. go somewhere else. It's just like, have a seat, get comfy. You know, like again, I'm talking about the worst example. So if I see a woman breastfeeding in public, am I like clutching my pearls and I'm outraged? No, of course not. I just think that there's something true about the woman's bosom being inherently sexualized. And if you start doing that stuff, people are going to gawk. They just are. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I think, don't care. I'm not telling people well, they can't gawk. I'm telling them that I'm too tired to give a fuck. Also, why, society needs to. Home. Yeah, fine. All right. That's, fine. <laughs> that's how we come uh, together. Yeah. Society um, needs to be desensitized to this breastfeeding thing. You know, the average 10 year old boy, 90 percent of 10 year old boys have already been exposed to hardcore pornography. Yeah, but, but that, like that's but I'm supposed to believe that like them seeing my baby feeding on my boob, like seeing like, a flash of nip is yeah. like accostingly immodest well but it's gonna like you have seen you've seen a porn star get four dicks in her ass today like i (laughs) i I don't need to deal with this but we can say that one is much more it's a much more extreme end both could potentially be part of the same trajectory which is immodesty in this area doesn't mean that they're the same but like if one is here and the other's here and the goal is over here i think it's fair to ask the worst extremes to nudge a little bit uh, cool. All right. Uh, once um, b- pornography is scaled back, then I'll stop breastfeeding in public. Okay. Once How's the porn that? is banned, then we'll get all these breastfeeding whores under control. <laughs> fair, fair deal. deal. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, it's. Did I read that? Did you read? That? I guess for the worst offenders, and granted, I understand I'm arguing about the extremes here. I'm probably talking about like. One out of 50 women I see breastfeeding in public. It's very rare, but I swear to God, some of these people are like exhibitionist about it. Like they just flap out a tit, 
You know what I mean? Like they want you to see it yeah. or something like that. That's yeah. that's what pisses me off. All right. I'm not going to go over and like, how dare you feed your child? But I swear to God, like if you're intentionally putting the nipple on display, I have a dispute with you. Mm. That's yeah, me. I don't I don't care. Everyone needs to get over it. <laughs> I can't. Well, finally, the, the Muslims are wrong on this one, I guess. No, because women yeah. are home and they don't have to cover up. It's fine. I think I read that one. Oh, Ben Shapiro is back. He's frequently referenced tonight, I guess. This is not Ben Shapiro. Matt, have you declared your support for Israel yet? Surely, certainly you have words for our greatest ally. Please stop comparing the atrocities happening over there to the nothing burger happening in the U.S. Well, I, I guess I will get right You're on it. Hat. Um, yeah, I, I, know, I, I, I don't mean to. I gather it's a sarcastic question. I don't mean to skirt it. It's just, you know, we've had plenty of discussion about that tonight. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I have learned uh, through the repetition of, of many points from many people that you are supposed to, to give extremely special consideration to these problems when they exist in the Middle East and, and particularly in that country. And if you have similar concerns about the state of our country, that perhaps we are vulnerable to such things too, and perhaps we ought to plan for that, and perhaps we ought to focus that on that. That that is uh, that is a moral failure because reasons. Anyway, uh, Juggernaut the Destroyer. <laughs> oh, yeah, this one's yours, right? Hello, sunburn resistors. What do you think would happen if usury was banned? Um, <laughs> banks would have a huge problem. How would they even navigate that? Aren't there still existing laws though uh, that on you usury? Can, yeah, that you can only charge a certain interest rate on certain loan types, and I thought that that already existed but i don't know i don't know the landscape um no this is like when we talked about it last week uh the danger like if you have the government come in and impose what an acceptable interest rate is you are you are going to at least my fear is you're going to disincentivize lending and lending is necessary for building all sorts of things now i understand the counter which is like well then you have people just unfairly taking advantage of others and making money out of money and not really building anything. Yeah. I, is there an interest rate so high that it's unreasonable? Yes. My solution to that is don't take out that loan. And when loans are not taken out at certain, certain interest rates, the interest rate is going to have to come down if those lenders want to lend and they want to make money. So I'm not arguing in favor of high interest rates or something like that, but as with most things, I'm much more, faithful in the market to correct the excesses here than the force of government to say what is a reasonable or acceptable interest rate because all you're going to do is disincentivize the lender at that point and then guess what you don't have the money for the project and the project doesn't get done yeah so but i don't know i mean i have to look more at the legal landscape like again it's my understanding that there that these laws still do exist in some states or commonly i guess i'll have to look at it It, my understanding is not that there's there's there are no laws to this effect across the country, but maybe I'm well, while we read some chats, maybe I'll look it up. I'll see what, uh, what States have usury usury laws. All right, let me do some chats. Yeah. All States in the district of Columbia have laws governing the legal interest rate permitted, including what constitutes usurious lending. There's a word. Well, what is it? I mean, whatever it is, it's too high. Let's see. It, you know, it's it's got to be fairly high, I would think. It does have a graphic breakdown here, this particular source. Uh, it's a tiny image. Okay. Uh, Ten states have unlimited interest rates for documented loans. Okay, so it's not... Uh, let's see. 
45 states or 45 oh, no Colorado has the highest I'm confused here the highest unlimited maximum rate what does that mean what is the highest unlimited but there's no usury law 20 states have low maximum rates but they're just telling me high or low and I don't know what that means like what is the cap mm. uh anyway the, this says uh, oh, a lot of these interest rates are pegged to the Federal Reserve. So how how the interest rate you're allowed to offer is pegged to whatever you know the Fed is setting. But I'd have to I'd have to research this more to understand exactly what the legal landscape is. Obviously, me trying to learn about it on the fly on the stream is not going to be great listening. Not that uh, you know I'm known for great listening all the time, every time. But uh, I will have to read more about this. Anyway, do you have any other thoughts on lending? Not that I can say. All right. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Mr. Juggernaut. Appreciate it. And of course, uh, thanks to all our email question askers. If you'd like to send us an email question, contact page of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. Okay. Now back to our chatters. Sorry for the false start earlier. And thank you for your patience. I know we've been a little bit behind on chat tonight, so let's catch up. Sure. Um, let's see. Oil King. Barum dum plum pumpkin. If you search politics, boy v politics girl, the results are very interesting. Yeah, 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 I tooted decorum. Loud steam, pumpkin spice latte, hot gets strong, Matt, rat, Matt. That was even more inscrutable. What the f than is, is normal. This? What is this oil king? Keep throwing money at us. We appreciate Thank you, babe. It. Appreciate it. Um hold on. Hi, true stickers. One reason so many conservatives support Israel unconditionally is because many evangelicals think it is the Israel of the old times. Old Testament is hmm. <laughs> the OT. The OT. I yeah. look forward to our Acts class and your assessment of that precept. Yeah. I, I don't understand evangel evangelical Christians on this. I, I don't get it. Well, I guess wh why would I presume that the, is the biblical Israel is the same thing as the state of Israel? I mean, one is a a modern political creation. The other is you know, a biblical concept. I'm not saying they have like no overlap. Obviously I'm not, again, this is not an area of my expertise, but I obviously when I'm reading a biblical scripture and when it's talking about the land that is Israel, I would not assume that to be interchangeable with the political state of Israel today. Mm -hmm. Why would those, yeah. they're the same place, you know, uh, centuries apart, millennia apart. Um, but they're not, that's not the same thing any more than like talking about the state, any more than talking about like America, the place in, you know, at that time or America before European settlement of any sort, like that's not the same thing as the United States of America, the political or governmental body. Yep. Anyway. Uh, thank uh, you, Holden. Broad butts. Damn, I lost my place. Matt, have you seen the recent Bigfoot footage? There's new Bigfoot footage? I guess there's kind of what? always new Bigfoot things. Uh, no, I haven't. So if you have it, uh, go ahead and send me an email because I'm always interested in seeing whatever Bigfoot evidence there may be. Thanks for the hands. intel. This Halloween, Matt is Laura Loomer. Blonde is a cyclist. Huh, talk about true evil. Let's test your friendship. Blonde, what was the sexiest Halloween costume you wore asking for my simp friend? Uh... I didn't wear a lot of sexy costumes. Hmm. I was more the sexiest costume you wore was costume. breastfeeder. Yeah, really. Uh, 
what did we go as? None of my, when I went as you for Halloween was my sexiest. Oh yeah. The first Halloween show that we did. I don't know what we're going to be this year, but I have definitely reached my quota on tranny costumes. I need to retire. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Lake says no message. Thank you. Long down. John, has anyone else been getting a mid roll ad halfway through the stream? This is the third Matt and blonde stream that I've gotten. That is shocking. I'm surprised they're even willing to play them, but I do know that uh, Raja Muhan has has updated the rules on advertising in streams. They changed some of how that works. So uh, it, it, let me know how it's going. Thank you, Raja. If uh, there there is some level of control that I have on that, like how the frequency with which ads play. So if it's like if it's excessive, if you're seeing like an ad every 15 minutes or something like that. Uh, let me know because, uh, I, that's, I, that's not my intent. That's not what it is. My concern. Actually, I was going to quote the Mike Pence line, but that's not correct. It is my concern. Um, there should be generally speaking, there's usually like an ad at the start and the end and maybe like one or two in the middle. Uh, if you watch the stream after the fact, so the live show should not get more, than that but if you're getting a bombardment of ads let me know because that's it's not supposed to be happening but Raju Mohan works in mysterious ways um yes uh knuckle hunky book I stand with Matt but Matt bends over for me <laughs> wow uh thank you I, I always very clever appreciate that Nijab Ali hi Matt it's interesting how Egypt has blocked the Gaza civilians civilians into the country seems like the arabs don't want to give up the holy city and are using the palestinians as pawns yeah uh that uh, that is a point that um whenever we talk about this the 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 suffering of the suffering in gaza and there is plenty of suffering in gaza i don't mean that to specifically mean just you know israeli bombing of gaza i mean hamas control of of gaza and their own governance um, but the suffering that's happening there, I think has to be at least somewhat attributed to the refusal of participation in neighboring Arab states too. That is to say, if, if you believe the suffering there is to blame on parties outside of Gaza, like Israel, if there's another party in Egypt on the other side of that border that has a similar border structure where you're not crossing this too damn bad. I mean, in that scenario, for at least that component of it, would Egypt not be to blame in the same way that Israel is? It yeah. seems they would have to be. I, mm-hmm. I I assume Egypt has its reasons for saying no thank you on Palestinian refugees. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I, what the Egyptian perspective on that is, I, I'd be interested in hearing more about, but I'm, I could infer what, what their view is, I suppose. Uh, thank you. You got metal rules here? Or do you want me to read these? Phil, gradually I begin to not appreciate them. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, metal rules. Uh, Great show again, my <laughs> fellow patriots. Thank you. thank you, metal rules. And Phil, speaking of Halloween costumes, for the longest time ever since, speaking of not appreciating, I, I've wanted to figure out a way to be the the... I do not appreciate you kids Hitler drawing for Halloween. How? I just can't think of a way. It's impossible. I have to like make a weird mask and then either I have to take off the mask, which defeats the whole point, or I have to cut like a mouth hole in the mask to talk. And that's going to look completely bizarre. So I think the not appreciator smuggler meme is 
is just out for practical reasons, which sucks because the other thing I was looking forward to was, could we draw a similarly stylized smirking Ava Braun for you to be? (laughs) But then that creates all kinds of problems because, you know, then you're kind of creating an original component of this Hitlerian costume and people will, well, maybe that's how I get my hit piece is by a a scribble of Ava Braun. I don't, I just don't, I don't see how we're going to make it work. So it sucks because I really wanted to do that, but I just, I don't think it's going to work. It's going to be too hard. Tim Haman. With Matt's choice of Wordify, he better save one RD for himself. One round for himself. You don't want to end up in that POW camp. Uh, no, it is going to be rough. You're right. That's a big game, man. I'm going to be begging. Reload. I'm going to be begging for a Hamas beheading when I'm at the militant homo camp. You're right. In the gay war, in the gay war prison camp, it's going to be rough. You're, you're, right. you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it taking forever to reload? Do you have the next one? Uh, yeah. Bill Biz says Israel's forever strategy is to get America involved, period. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like there is a lot of drum banging for that right now. No doubt. Uh, thank you, yeah. Bill Biz. Knuckle Unky Bunks. I, I've gotten so good at saying it. I had to fumble it once once more for old time's sake. Knuckle, hunky, buck. Why would you agree to stick up for a friend who's been kicked out of 109 parties? Reassess that friendship. Because um, I owe that friend a lot of money. <laughs> okay. No, uh, well, I have to evaluate the reasons for all of those party expulsions. Uh <laughs> In the, Make a spreadsheet. In the same way, I am not an expert on the history of the establishment of the state. I am definitely not an expert on the history of that. So I, I hear that point made all the time. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, uh, I need to know the fuller details. Um, but to to argue the reverse, like, is it possible that you have a friend who is wrongly treated by others habitually? Yes, that is also possible. Um, but I, I, I can understand the the idea that if there's a pattern that is developed in the same way that, that anytime a negative pattern develops in your life, I don't even say this uniquely for that particular piece of history. It's just, if, if you have something that happens to you routinely negatively, it is a good idea philosophically to evaluate what role you have played in that happening. doesn't mean that's what what's happening to you is right or just or fair or moral in the same way that if I walk down the street and I and I get my ass kicked routinely for whatever reason. Even if each time I get my ass kicked, it's not my fault necessarily, or like someone's not justified in just attacking me. I have to evaluate what about my behavior is contributing to routine ass kickings. And maybe the answer is I'm not doing anything wrong, but I just need to get so strong that I can kick anybody's ass who tries to beat me up. Maybe that's the answer for sure. It's It's not me saying like, you know, you're definitely the problem if if someone beats you up a million times. But if that is the circumstance, you have to evaluate what you can do about it. And yeah, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe what you can do about it is to make Gaza into a spirit Halloween. That seems the way that we're headed. So I uh, will we'll see how that goes. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck also says if blonde gets to use her boobs for what they're created in public, I get to use my my, my cock as in like a sealant cock and buns hole for what they're created in public. You know, I'm, I'm does your butt feed a baby. No, but his butt, uh, contributes to his own bodily function. 
I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 polite to take a shit on the toilet, not, you know, Raju Mahan style. <laughs> Come on, Brian. I wouldn't mind blonde, uh, saying blonde breastfeeding, please. That's so weird. I'm like, gross. But th- th- this is what I'm saying. Uh, and I don't even know if Brian is all that serious or not. But there ju- there is an inherent sexual component to to the female chest. There just is. It Even with a baby attached to it? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh yeah. Some, some guys are more into that. That's okay. Their fetish is not my problem. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, there's a I'm reason. I'm like, not going to not show my feet either because some people would J O to them. Well, that's so <laughs> there is a reason that the norm is for women to cover up their teas in public. And that's because those are inherently sexual. actually publicly breastfeeding is the norm. No, I there mean, just like of, not even tons of Victorian era paintings not even not even um breastfeeding i just mean just walking around like female toplessness is not considered to be a norm for a reason it has been historically in in many societies maybe maybe only in the in the breastfeeding context but i just mean where like what about rome well rome went a particular direction did it not yeah even early rome though i think that there's a prudishness surrounding breasts that i'm just not super interested in okay but you have to grant the point that if women were walking around topless in your neighborhood you might have issue with that i would think that was awesome you don't care if your children see that boobs no i don't care you don't care if random women are walking around with their teeth out i genuinely would not care no really all right i mean you're you're entitled to that i just like the idea that 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 you would not take issue with your ten year old son seeing that or something like that. No, I think everyone needs to get over it. Or your husband. You don't mind if he's on the porch on boob watch, just checking out the neighborhood display. No, although I'm not an inherently jealous person, hmm. and he routinely points out women he's attracted to, and I don't get jealous at all. The closest thing I uh, the closest thing I do is. Uh, well, I don't know. Is this revealing too much? Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, now I'm already <laughs> in it. I can't back out. I would say my wife and I do enjoy. We do enjoy evaluating the quality of, uh, you know, what presentations there are in movies or TV shows. Like my husband and I ranking them, ranking the Game of Thrones entries, for example. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's that's all I'll say. About Everybody it. used a body double, though. So, yeah. um. Okay, Kaiser and Gilroy, I want to thank you two for what you do. My mom passed away on Sunday afternoon. The next morning, I put your show on while I began to clean out her fridge and freezer. Mm. Can I get a LaDonna drop for sauce? You know you can. Well, first, you can get a Donald drop. We love you. You're very Very special. special. All the best to you and your family. And of course, LaDonna is here for you. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. I'm really sorry to hear it. I know. Sorry to um, hear that. You know, uh, uh, when I lost my brother, one of the reasons I stayed in the house. Uh, and decided to buy that house is because I couldn't bear the idea of moving all the shit out of it. Cleaning it out. Uh, And so a lot of that I didn't confront until 10 years after the fact when we moved out in June. And you find stuff. I didn't realize that. That didn't occur to me. I mean, there's been a lot of change around there, but some stuff is still the same. But even 10 years later, it's tough where it's like, man, I I remember all the stuff we did here. or I remember how we used this object in this way. And so with loss uh you know just just cleaning out a, a home in that way uh i know is extremely tough and so all, all the best to you and your family man I, i'm sorry to hear it but i'm glad to hear that you found at least something valuable in the show to make it a little easier that's uh i i take a a lot of pride in that so i appreciate it 
Um, oh, I got to reload again. I think we're done. Uh, I got two more. Holden Mulray says, hey, guys, follow up on my previous comment. Many Americans believe uh, Old Testament and New Testament or old times and new times prophecies are at least partly to be fulfilled in the future, including portions that refer to Israel. God bless. Wow, that's so stupid. Uh, isn't well, I don't know. Isn't that? Uh, I guess. I, well, I'm I'm doing my best with the scriptural study, but there's all kinds of talk about like the rapture and the end times and all. That's that's commonly believed, is it not? <sighs> or is that? I guess I don't know. Is that different? Does that differ across different faiths? Do certain faiths have no, faiths. like no uh, rapture concept or anything like that? That's just not part of it. I think it's. It, that's pretty consistent across Christian hmm. Christianity. Uh, thank you, Holden. And of course, uh, thanks for your thoughts on scripture too. Appreciate it. Uh, Wingy says, I use an ad blocker. So here's some guilt money. Well, thanks for supporting the show. And I do too. I, but that's exactly what I do. Uh, I use an ad blocker and people whose content I appreciate. I give them a little bit of money each month and I hope that their product can continue. And, um, you know, uh, I understand not everybody can do that, of course. So for people who do, I, I, I will get emails occasionally um, for people who, who ask, like, do, do does it help if I watch the ad all the way through? You know, and I, I really appreciate yeah. I appreciate that spirit because it's it's really nice of people to think of ways that they could support the stream or, or help it out. Um, and if you want to watch the ad all the way through the 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 hundredth of a penny that I will get for that, I appreciate <laughs> very much. But you do it a hundred times and there's a penny. You do it a hundred more and there's a dollar. And that's the point. So mm-hmm. um, but I, anyway, Wingy, what I'm trying to say is your approach uh you know there's exactly that's that's what people should be doing that's that's awesome and i appreciate it uh thanks for supporting the show man oh i got a whole bunch over on no not a whole bunch uh we got mr s word over on on rumble before we close out here uh mr s word says fuck molly tibbets her own family came out and defended illegal aliens they want full leftists or they went full leftist after they got support Catch your own illegal alien murderers next time. Well, uh, Molly, the Molly Tibbetts saga, and uh, I, I, that did appear to be a case where uh, uh, the family, and particularly the dad, had a political loyalty that exceeded. Maybe love for his daughter would be a wrong way to say, it, but let's say his thirst for vengeance on his daughter's behalf. How about that? I guess so. It, it, that was brutal, man. When he was like, well, what's important here is uh, that, that, you know, uh, uh, that immigrants are not demonized because of this. No, what's important is your daughter was murdered. That's yeah, what's important. That's what's and important. justice for that is, is God, it's like, I have, I have fatherly rage by proxy. I have like fatherly rage just by listening to it. It's not my kid. You know? Yeah. Mr. S word says, I enjoyed blonde soap. Hang them from almond trees and <laughs> and dump them in oat fields. What a great name! Yeah. What will uh, what will the next one be? You forgot the last rumble rant last week. You never refreshed. The thing is, the system. Well, this this system doesn't refresh. It just auto feeds. So I know that there are occasional errors with that. So I apologize if that happened. But as always, if I miss a chat, you can send me an email and I'll get you a refund on it. Um, Mr. S word. I'm just going to read these in sequence here. Cause there's a few of them. It was dump them in oat fields. I love Matt is dot gay. I would be so lost without it. It's a great, it's a great website. 
Wokeism is making us look weak and emboldening our enemies. We'll likely see attacks at home soon. Do you both agree? And why, if not? No, I 100% agree. I, I, we are a country that has our focus uh, in other parts of the world on other things. And we are vulnerable to someone who hates us just having a crack totally. at it. And I, I think I think some of that is potentially by design. Too. I think that's that's maybe the intent. Um, yeah, if I lived in a not that I think I'm completely safe here, it could happen anywhere. But if I lived in a major urban center, I would have my my preps in order for sure. Me too. I I I would have my preps in order here <laughs> to be clear. But like if I'm living in a major urban center, I got my eyes peeled. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Also says I agree with Matt. I want to die in a war I plan to fight on. I will gladly die in the next console war. I came in uh, to these wars as a toddler, and I will die in one of them. Fight every console war. I am a, a veteran of the console wars, but I have uh, retired from that conflict. And uh, really, Microsoft forced my retirement because Xbox just surrendered to Sony and PlayStation, and I really had no more fight to uh, to go with at that point. Fuck bitch lum reconquista <laughs> part two. Uh, reconquista is he's saying how to pronounce it anyway. And, and another crusade will eventually happen. Just saying, um, well, yeah, we got to get all those breastfeeders, man. We got to swoop in on horseback and get these women, these degenerate women breastfeeding in public at sword point until they put those nipples away once and for all. Blonde and I once made jihad. I say it's okay. Uh, blonde paragliding is easy, but she insisted on taking her rifle just in case the rest is sad history. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate it very much. Um, we're good on Odyssey. We're good on D Live, and I think we're all set over on YouTube and Tippy, right? Let me yep. uh, refresh here. It looks good. Okay. Anything else before we're out of here? Nope. Let's do it. Okay. Well, thank you guys for uh, your participation in the show as always. If you missed any part of the show, you can uh, find the replay of it, the on-demand audio, over on the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. Speaking of, you want to find anything else show-related, mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay. We'll be back on Sunday, I hope, discussing anything but... Israeli-Palestinian conflict, because my (laughs) God, have I had my fill at this point, but I'm sure there will be stories to update. And if not, we can talk about that reporter who had his uh, gay boyfriend murder him in Philadelphia. Have a good night.